everybody. Uh, just to let you know, this episode deals with a lot of conversations around sexual assault. And so we wanted to give you a little bit of an advance notice, a trigger warning. If that's going to bother you or upset you, then this might be one to skip or potentially fast forward through it. Uh, no podcast is more important than your mental health. So we wanted to give you the opportunity to make the choice that's right for you. Enjoy the show. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Domasaurus, The Number, Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Dave, Jonathan, Mandy, Mailman, Sean, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and Discord servers where we hang out daily. I see that you both had really bad weeks, but did you guys fall through a deck? Oh, no, Mikey, that's amazing. tell me everything about this. Okay, I was in the police car, and we were on a welfare check. Usually when you do that, you knock on the front door, and then you, like, knock on the back door, and you kind of look in the windows to make sure no one's, like, collapsed on the ground yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, in obvious distress or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, can't, you can't just go into people's houses unless you see, like, obvious evidence. Right. Like, there's a whole constitutional. I'm not a police officer, so there's, like, a whole thing where, like, you can't just, even if no one's heard from them for weeks, you can't just, like, barge in there or whatever. Right. It's called the constitution or whatever. Ever heard of it, Paige? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we go, I go around back, and there's, like, a, second story deck like you mm -hmm. have to climb stuff so we go up there and then like he's like knocking and i'm like looking around like oh this is like a pretty day and then all of a sudden <laughs> like, i turn around and i guess the the whole deck had rotted so like like a two-foot section just like collapses and my right leg goes down with it i like reach out and grab the <laughs> officer's shoulder i was like ah and he's like what <laughs> happened and then like he turns around he's like oh shit and so we're like it's the house like this and i'm like spread out we gotta shimmy out of this place <laughs> you almost crushed that drain bit. i want the podcast to get so big that everyone you could possibly date knows beforehand it's like huge that no that's a level of fame that i don't really want i also don't want to see the disappointment on that many faces <laughs> i don't think you will because they'll be like i'm fucking this super famous person with a small dick and he's gonna have me sign an nda and everything's gonna be fine i wish we could do that now like i just i would love to sign ndas with people i sleep with now i mean ndas are available to all of us do you think it would be weird if i was like hey can you sign this nda Absolutely. I think my, women would run. They would run my, screaming my, from your house. Should I do it if I don't want to sleep with them? Like, um, unfortunately. <laughs> you can either see my dick or sign this contract. Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch the 2019 Black Christmas. That's my favorite reading of that. About Black Christmas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You like that? But you guys make me watch them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so we have done the original. Well, you, you've done the original. It was back when I sounded different. That was a while back, so refresh my memory. The original is the... It's a 1974 movie. Is that where he kills the woman and we liked her the most? That she, He kills her first and leaves her in the attic all movie? <laughs> yes. She's literally in yeah. that rocking chair in the attic the entire movie. And in fact, she's on the poster. Is that the Kill All Santa? on site movie no i think that was silent night deadly night although these are movies that were two years ago so i'm not 100 percent sure but okay i've never seen this Did you, have you guys seen this no this is the first time i had seen it what did you guys think about it seeing it for the first time i have not seen this before oh i had not seen this before last night 
Okay. It's seen the original forever ago. Well, sure, yeah. I was pretty torn on this because there are some things that I really do like about this movie, but uh, the fact that their villain was supernatural ruins the metaphor for I me. I thought and, the and same it ruins thing. all of it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. For me, it's like the original is well, the original and the remake because this is the the second remake of the original because there was one in two thousand six. Really? Okay, I didn't know that. Yes. We'll watch that one next year. We'll watch that one next year. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, this I think is the closest I have ever seen on film to someone truly representing my sorority experience, which was very strange. Wait, did you guys kill potential home invaders? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, nice. I'm kidding. Uh, but the fact that like, because like I lived in a house with like 16 people. So like that, that's kind of like there's not that many people there. They're all kind of normal looking. They're actual, you know, students, they're friends. You know, when you look at like Legally Blonde or House Bunny, it's just like a <laughs> sea of pretty blonde girls. And right? this movie is just like a small house of pretty normal looking people who actually have their own thoughts, dreams, wants and opinions. Yeah. Um, also, when I was in college, uh, a girl did get roofied and uh. assaulted and people knew the house it was and... People believed her and then went and tagged that house. Oh, shit. And basically tagged the house to say who the rapist was. Oh, And man. turned him into campus security. Unfortunately, not much happened to him. Yeah. Because the rape occurred off campus and it they were just like, it's out of our hands. And the police were not great. From what I understand, you should never go to campus security with stuff like they that. You worst. should go to the cops. Like all the studies that I've seen and arguably this is probably years ago, but like even the police, it's a crapshoot. Well, is that because they look at it like it's a he said, she said thing? And it's yes. like, a, yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah. And it was the sister of one of our sisters. So like her biological sister was in another chapter. Oh, OK. And, OK. And this happened to her. And and we obviously believed her like immediately, but because there was alcohol involved, this was before people had really come around to the idea that alcohol the gates consent. consent. Yeah. And so literally like the authorities did not believe her. And so other chapters took it into their own hands and tagged that other house, the frat that the guy was in for months to just be like, they're rapists. This is the guy who raped this girl. <laughs> like, do not go near them. And it was like a thing um, because their house was off campus. And so if people vandalized their house, it wasn't campus property. So it was kind of a double edged sword where like campus security couldn't do anything because it was off campus. But also you cannot stop us from vandalizing your home if it's off campus. So what would really have sucked if, if someone got arrested for vandalizing that house? And then they got legal repercussions and he didn't. Sex crimes particularly are hard yeah. to, to prosecute because you need, you know, it's hard to get physical right. evidence because it's a emotional trauma and it takes people days and sometimes weeks and sometimes months and sometimes years to process it enough to want to move forward with a case. Right. And then, but, but to get physical evidence, you need like the first 48 hours. Yeah, it just it's such a shitty situation. Yeah, but the bureaucracy of America worked in our favor because <laughs> that house off campus were terrible. They were like rowdy and awful. And if you're off campus, yeah. you're just in a neighborhood around other people. And so their neighbors had been trying to get them kicked out forever. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. And so when people started tagging like so and so's a rapist, they're like, 
they keep ruining this house like they're causing a menace. So they got in more trouble Good from other people because they were like, we don't know who tagged it, but like they're bringing unwanted attention. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't think they exist anymore on that campus. I'm not 100 percent. But good. Anyway, so that a lot of that rang true to me. And the problem with making the villain supernatural is a they have set up enough credible threats of violence and terror in this movie without making anything supernatural like if you just told me it was it was the guy who assaulted her and he's a fucking sociopath killing people i'm on board with that and that's terrifying i thought the same thing that fixes a lot of the movie for me yeah but also b if you make it supernatural and it's this trance that men fall under that removes their responsibility yes and i hated that because i'm like no no you know what a supernatural goo didn't rape her brian huntley raped her and he should take responsibility for it. And that was before they realized that that supernatural goo was in the statue, right? Yeah. I realized that rhymed, but still, it's true. But like <laughs> yes. all of that, I thought was shitty. Like what I wanted it to be was all these guys just really believed in Carrie Elwes' his character and thought he was the shit. And Carrie Elwes was like the ultimate guy. And then you had Brian, I think was his name, was the guy who raped right. the, the girl. And he was like the penultimate guy. And everyone else is like an, a- an acolyte under them. But all are of their own volition doing terrible yes, things that because that happen. actually happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the goo, I guess, is supposed to represent toxic masculinity. Oh, and I'm the like, goo you is did so not, fucking lame. But you, you don't did not need, that. need the goo. Exactly. The goo is here. The goo is everywhere. The goo is everywhere. <laughs> You just needed people making their own decisions to hurt other people because that's the reality of what happens. Like, don't absolve people with the goo. Yes. I like I like like the movie and I and I like horror movies that are pretty good when I haven't seen them before. I was like, okay, it's pretty good. But like I 100% agree. I was like, the goo is stupid and it kind of ruins the whole plot. And like, I think it should have been if I would rewrite this movie myself, it would have been like. That guy comes back to campus because her allegations are gaining credit or that that video goes viral and it starts to right. ruin his life. I thought the video was going to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe him and like one or two other people do it. And then like it's like a they're accusing everybody. And then like maybe the guys get accused without evidence. And then mm-hmm. like and then, like and it would have been like and then like some of them get murdered too. like. It's, yeah, you're right. It takes the responsibility off them. But also, like, the horror movie choice. Like, take the metaphor out of it. The horror movie choices are so lame. Like, I like the scene where the girls fight the guys or whatever. Yeah. But, like, practically, it's really dumb to not go get the police or something. Well, like, there's something dumber than that. And it's when she starts clubbing people with an air, like a bow, instead of just shooting her yeah. quiver full of arrows. I saw that. And she had two arrows at that point. I was she like, had what two are you arrows, doing? And she clubs. And I was like, bows are not heavy or no, they would thick. snap it would they're made it like those snap. seven those seven girls came and, and i did i did think it was i mean i did think it was cool they were at a different house killing people over there like because i didn't see that coming me either I, I was like holy shit it's happening everywhere cool but then it became like a zombie thing and then yeah. i was like oh this is kind of lame yeah and but yeah. uh but i was also like they like, like when she was like stop the car i'm gonna go get the bus and i was like that's a hell of a leap girl yeah it is right that was a hell of a logic leap to like well, let's go to the house and 
kill the bus. I was like, why are you all just like leave town and go get help? Go get yeah. your parents. <laughs> go get the National Guard. Go get everybody. Right. Well, and pull pull the supernatural part out of it. A movie where someone is just targeting them and they're fighting back. Like, think of it's think. Of, yeah. What if your villain is like an Elliot Rogers? Like, there are yeah. so yeah, many yeah, yeah, yeah. ways to keep the metaphor and keep the bulk of this movie and have it be more impactful because it's grounded in reality. And they don't. And and also Wesley from Princess Bride is the villain. And I took that personally. <laughs> well, he's one of the villains. Yeah. I, but he is. I don't know if you guys saw, but when she's walking through the house, you see the painting a few times. He has one of the paintings is of young him on the oh, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he is like a founder. Or, it's like Lady Jane era. Carrie Elwes. Oh, it's like, yeah, definitely super hot Carrie Elwes. Although I'll say like he held up pretty well. Like he's not an unattractive man now well. and he's significantly older than he was in Princess Bride. But like he looks that painting looks like it's Princess Bride Carrie Elwes. Yeah, I will say I have a huge crush on Imogen Poots. I've always have. Yeah. Is, is it because of the teeth? A hundred percent. So this is my first time seeing the movie. I didn't hate it. Like I did have some of the similar issues that you had Paige with it. Uh, I wanted it to be just like how shitty actual society is. Not like I, I didn't want it to be venom turning the boys into bad people. Right. <laughs> I wanted it to be like, you know, actual society like that. That actually happens. and actually has like a actual practical application of what we see every day. Um, right. But it didn't. And that's OK, too. Like I get the metaphor of it all. I'm fine with that. Do you remember? Have you guys seen Assassination Nation? We did that movie too. Yes. I have not actually. This felt like a very good version of that. Like Assassination Nation is, I think, a terrible movie. But I mean, from a practical, like, let's make a movie sense, it's not very good. I sort of like the message it was trying to convey. It just fails on so many levels. It doesn't really come across very well. And I feel like this movie is trying to make very similar points, but it actually does it and does it. I think well, although... Well, I think it does it well to a point. Like, I was with you until it was supernatural. Like, until we find out it's supernatural, I was here for this movie. Yeah, I was really enjoying it until, right up until that good, the one good dude who's like dorky gets, he's like... And they rub it on his face, and he's Hadam like, Shabab. now I'm evil. Hadam Shabab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got got him. Him. I actually... Yeah. I, I really hated how they treated uh smoosh uh they they call him smoosh his name is nate uh f- fun fact uh i dated a girl and that was her nickname for me smoosh yeah because i was cuddly and i'm very soft but i'm like a big guy but i'm like very soft i do like hugging you mikey that i could see that <laughs> i like how when i mention hugging mikey he's like gross no because it's not like a hug it's like a violation <laughs> and you should tell campus security about it. I do uh, tuck yeah. my head into your neck. Like I'm I cu- I cuddle up to you when I hug you. It's the tongue touching the neck is the problem. <laughs> I've never done that, but I will now. <laughs> anyway, Smoosh reminded me of Is that the boyfriend character? That's the boyfriend character yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. that we find out l- later as the movie goes on. Basically like they're it's almost like they're radio waving out to men to like yes. call them yeah, yeah, yeah which is bonkers broadcasting their alpha signal yeah uh my girlfriend's getting on my nerve <laughs> Murder. because up until that point smoosh was like the nicest dude and it, it never fully explains it and it just turns him on a dime i just 
that that bust was projecting out the Joe Rogan experience to only yes. men. Uh, <laughs> and it was bringing out their toxic masculinity. That's the implication. The, the goo is so stupid. Yeah. yeah. We had a guy in our friend group that was like Smoosh that was from another frat that was like our friend. He ends up marrying my best friend. Yeah. Like growing uh-huh. up, my childhood best friend. His mom married Jake and I. So like the like as they kind of set up the group, I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly like college. And like then that guy yeah. became an asshole. And I was like, oh, fuck this movie. So like, that's where it turned for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For serious. Horror movie. This is why I think horror movies are popular. For serious, Paige. Paige, this is for serious. <laughs> one of the reasons they've remained popular, one of the reasons they do, is because it connects with people, specifically females who have been through trauma. Mm. Because a lot of these movies are about overcoming trauma and fighting back naturally right. with people who are attacking them and things like that and like that's horror movies like you don't you didn't need all of this right well i mean here's the thing you could have kept it and just made it a guy they had to do it all subtly back in the day yeah and like you could have just done one of these and had the the have it like a little bit more overt be like yes he did sexually assault her and he is the killer yeah and, and like and she's fighting back and like that's a good movie or or even if he's not but they are now the killers like yeah I, like here's the thing keep have the professor be you know influencing like you could keep literally all of it and have it not be supernatural and this movie instantly works better yeah like that's that's what's crazy about it Paige, i thought that when she had the bust over her head and carrie elwes and her have that exchange that she was gonna throw it it was gonna break he was gonna laugh and be like, what are you, an idiot? Of course it's not the bust. And then, oh, like, that would have been amazing. I know. Yeah. And then I would have been like, oh shit, I'm back on board. <laughs> like, yeah, I would have been back on board at that. Where you're but, just, but like, no, he like melts like this, like the Wicked Witch of the West or whatever. Oh, I guess they light yeah. him on fire. So I guess it's not like he melts, but still, whatever. Yeah, it's, but but that that thing of like, hey, it's not the bust. It's it's the ideology it's and society. Yeah, yeah, like that would have been. Yeah, I mean, it would have been depressing. <laughs> But it would have been a better story point. Yeah. And truer. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have hit home for more people. Like, oh, it isn't just yeah. a statue head. Right. Anyway, should we get into this movie? Fuck. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah it's going to be a downer, guys. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but some positives. I liked the acting. And I Me liked too. the cast. They were very charming. The acting was very good. I liked the cast, too. Yeah. I did not like the psychic projections of toxic masculinity. Like, the prof- I thought the professor was Professor X attacking other men to make them mass- <laughs> like toxic. <laughs> by the end of the movie, he shaved his head and is being pushed He's around like, in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Take me to Alpha Rebro. Taking um, the red pill. It is I, Sex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. I feel like we've been harping on the two things we had problems with. Other than those two things, I sort of like this movie. There was yeah. one scare that fucked me up. I did like the masks. I thought they were cool. Me too. I like the masks too. It was just a zombie army of masks. And I was like, well, how did yeah. they, they get 50 masks? Like, where did you get those masks? Party yeah. City. Well, they clearly been planning it for a while. Like, they had time to go to Party City when they're allegedly on their ski trip. But, yeah. you know, whatever. But yeah, other than that, I liked I liked the movie that one scare that fucked me up i'm i'm curious what it was because none of the scares it was the one in the attic oh when she plugs the lights in yeah when she plugs the lights in and that face is just there and then i was like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) i think i was just like he's there somewhere so the second she gets one of these lights to work no i know but logically i know that but still it scares me i'm with you Paige. i was like he's in this attic yeah (laughs) i also didn't like that there was no house mother 
Oh, we didn't have a live-in house mother. We had an RA. He's saying that because there was a house mother in the 1974 version. Yeah, mm. Mikey. I hated that character in the 74 version. Well, and then that sorority looked huge. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... A, in the 70s, you probably still would have had a house mother. That would have been a reality. Uh, Modern day, a lot of sorority houses are campus housing. And so you just have like an RA and it's usually one of your sisters. However, they live in a fucking castle in this movie. Yeah. But let's just get in the movie. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So... Uh, it opens with a fake quote from the fake founder of this fake, fake university. College. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and that is, man possesses powers so formidable that they can only be considered supernatural. With a proper education, men can wield these powers and go forth into the world. Calvin Hawthorne, founder of Hawthorne College, 1819. And we open on a fraternity initiation. There's robes, candles. This is Delta Kappa Omicron. DKO. I had to refresh my Greek alphabet watching this movie a bit. Uh, but they refer to them mostly as DKO or Deeks for the rest of the movie. Yeah, but they're the bad guys. The DKOs are the bad guys. Yeah. Bad guys. They end up TKOing the DKOs. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Nailed it. But then I was like, then I felt bad because I was like, the pledges didn't even, they were mind controlled and then they're going to burn them alive too. See, that's my problem with it. It's like, you made it supernatural. You took away the responsibility for the people who are actually doing things. I'm like, he's 17. (laughs) Well, but here's the thing. They're hunting and killing women. Yeah. The pledges are. Yeah. So like, uh, but not of their own will. So you don't know if they would have actually wanted to. Like it's. Oh, and then I don't mean to bitch about this anymore, but they were like, they have supernatural strength now and stability. And I was like, we didn't really see any of that supernatural strength or anything yeah, not yeah, so was, much the flip side of that it just means that these girls are fucking strong <laughs> I was like they didn't hulk through the house yeah once they decide to start killing them because it really is like at first they're running from them and then at a certain point it's that great point in every horror movie where somebody's like no i'm getting a knife <laughs> like yes enough is enough and then they in short succession just straight up murder Murk three everybody. of them yeah like easily <laughs> I will say about the pledges being like mind controlled. I think the whoever wrote this and the intention behind that was that, you know, these pledges coming in are just getting indoctrinated by whatever. And I get that. I just I just don't like the supernatural. You could have just had them getting indoctrinated. I know. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't love it. But the practical side of that is you murdered a bunch of innocent children. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the supernatural stuff either. I think I think they thought it served the metaphor and that it would like emphasize it even more. But I think that keeping things grounded in reality would have served the metaphor even better. Me too. And made it a more coherent story and not as fucking goofy because at a certain point it gets goofy. Yes. So we hear girls screaming and laughing. We cut to a holiday party where the girls all have stockings up for the girls that live in the house and they bring out another cheese plate and again very consistent with my experience (laughs) this is exactly what it was like (laughs) so one of them texts a girl who isn't at the party we don't know why at the time but we will find out that she's actually from a different house she's a delta zeta her Mm -hmm. name is Lindsay. they included her in their secret santa because she's part of their friend group even though she's not in their chapter And she basically says, like, I'm not going to make it. I'm going home for the semester. It's somewhat implied that they bought her a vibrator. Oh, I thought that it was pretty heavily Heavily implied, implied, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other thing. And the movie's not super clear about this. This first house that we're seeing is actually the Delta Sigma house. It's just got some of the girls that we know from the other house mixed in. Because this is where we meet 
we briefly see her sisters and then later when we see them killing a guy it's the same group yes but because we only meet them for like 10 seconds it's not uh okay so i didn't i never put that together of course not because you uh, see a sorority house and we follow that one chapter for like ever and so you assume it's the same one yeah but what i do really like is that the other chapter that we end up following for most of the movie knows this first girl and is invested in her. She's in their friend group. And we find out that this chapter, the first one that we're seeing, has boycotted DKO in support of the girl from the other chapter who was assaulted. Yeah. So like they are kind of friendly. That was kind of the case. We had a house next door to us that we didn't always get along, but there was a lot of friend crossover and they had a chef. So sometimes people would go over to their house for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I would too. And, and then they go to class. Chef. Yeah. 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 Like we couldn't afford a chef. That sounds pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go have breakfast at Pi Fi. <laughs> so like, anyway, so she is walking and this is our first kind of shot of the neighborhood that they live in where there's like a couple smaller houses and then there's like these giant houses and she gets a dm on her phone from like a fake dm app yeah yip yap yip yap yeah which we had a campus thing like that like we didn't have apps yet because it was pre-app 10 years ago yeah yeah but there was a there was a a site that was purely for gossip on campus just campus gossip was it called facebook no well so fun fact i am the first phase of facebook because i I went to a uc same i was back in on facebook when you had to have an edu address to get on yeah like not only did you have to have an edu when they first rolled it out to like only 12 schools or whatever we were one of the 12 so like oh shit so you're like super early on facebook yeah i'm early on uh i got my facebook in 2006 but at the time there was nothing on it yeah it was good it was used for one reason flirting with other people and yes yeah, yeah. yeah. but you could only do it publicly because there wasn't messenger or anything yet no we had and mm-hmm. i don't remember don't what it was called <laughs> there was a completely separate site and it was completely anonymous and it was just people saying rumors and shit about other people and of course you couldn't prove that any of it was true because it was anonymous but after the sexual assault happened to that girl, that thing popped off where people were just like, I know who it was. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> when they were getting custom DMs, I was like, oh, I bet they do have custom DM apps now. Like, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, but I, you would immediately know who was sending those creepy DMs because that would be going through your campus IT department. A server, yeah. yeah. And they would be able to easily access that. Although I'm not saying, like, you should be more inventive when you send creepy DMs. I mean, don't send creepy DMs is my point. Like, yeah, yeah. send creepy messenger pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> like carrier pigeon what is it this pigeon brought me a note i'm gonna murder you later <laughs> i'm sorry can you do your pigeon impression one more time <laughs> uh send hawks with notes like they do in mummy returns and yes i did watch mummy returns this week did you i love that so much i did not I watch did. it but apparently because i've seen it so many times before <laughs> and thought it was the original mummy because i'm an idiot no i watched that and then george of the jungle it was a it was oh. a brendanaissance week anyway God, so i love that man <laughs> uh we see the dms and it just says what do a Christmas ham and a sorority girl have in common? They both squeal when they die, which is like... It's not even a joke. It's just a threat. Like No. So this I thought was really, really interesting. She's walking home and there's a guy walking a couple steps behind her and he has a phone. 
and he like looks up from the phone every couple minutes. Yeah, to like see where he's going. Yeah, she fully thinks a, that's the guy DMing her and that he is coming after her. And you absolutely understand why that would be, though. Like, he is a guy 100%. just walking behind her dark at night. I did because you do see when it does a shot of her looking over her shoulder back and it's showing what's in front of her while she's looking behind her. You can see a guy in, in a cloak. So I was like, oh, it's not the guy behind her. It's the guy in front of her. But yeah. I definitely understand why she thought it was the guy behind her. I this sounds crazy i feel like i almost instantly knew it wasn't the guy behind her i don't know what it was about and and i think it might have been just because he was on his phone and not seemingly paying attention to where she was going right because i have done this look back a million and a half times (laughs) i'm sure yeah and and you kind of assess if someone's actually following you or not uh and i kind of got like this sounds terrible if it was me i would have stopped to see if he would have passed me. Oh, that's a that's a risky move. It is a risky move, but she is in front of houses and stuff, and I might have chanced it to see if he would walk okay. past me. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah I, you know, I'm a big dude. I think we've talked about this before, like on cam- like on campus and like out in yeah. public, and yeah, like people will be like. And I'm like, guys, I'm not a murderer. And then they just walk faster. And then it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, only a murderer would say that. (laughs) No, it's not true. My husband has to be very, very mindful when he's walking uh, without me. Like, if I'm Mm -hmm. there, it's not an issue. Because he is a big dude, you know. I mean, I'm not a big dude, but I have noticed women walking faster when I'm, like, walking up. Because I walk pretty fast normally. So, like, as I'm, like slowly gaining on them they start to walk faster and i i will just slow down if i notice it i'll, I'll just be like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. most yeah. people are scared of hobgoblins <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know jake has crossed the street a couple times to just like yeah yeah and that's sort of what this guy does yeah and that's yeah well he goes to a house especially if i don't have my dog i'm like 20 times more murdery it's yeah like if i have my dog people are like you have a cute dog and i'm like you don't know this dog it's like it's fucking awful but i mean like but they, but they're talking they'll like inter- they'll obviously just interact with you like they're like you're obviously not a murderer you have a dog right a lot of murderers have dogs a hundred percent so you guys should be aware that even with my dog i'm still me yeah he's still gonna <laughs> murder that p-word that's right anyway so she uh does wolverine keys yeah is what i call it where you put a key in between each finger so you've got like, like a claw. That. Yeah, me too. Which, by the way, if you ever have to actually, I mean, God, you don't ever want to have to actually use it because it hurts your hand, man. <laughs> like, a lot. <laughs> but I do like that they kill someone that way later. In the neck. They stab him in the neck with it. And that's why you want to stab somebody with key hands because yeah. it's like a soft, fleshy part and it wouldn't like hurt your hands as much, I guess. Oh, it doesn't matter where because it pushes the keys up into your knuckles and kind of cuts your hands a bit. Get some brass knuckles, man. I mean, honestly, my dad and my sister went to Thailand and tried to bring me brass knuckles back just because they thought I, I would think story. it was cool. Yeah, and they got taken, right? <laughs> they got, like, taken yeah. by TSA. <laughs> well, that makes so much sense. <laughs> uh, but seriously, if you want to send me some brass knuckles, I'm not going to stop you. Uh <laughs> We uh, say the P.O. Box at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're technically weapons and some people don't take kindly to that. And I would just say they're jewelry. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Some people don't take kindly to weapons. So I hit him in the face with the brass knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, as they're walking, he stops and walks into one of the houses. So he's clearly not following her. 
Right. But immediately she turns around and like is in the face of a cloaked masked dude. Yeah. Yeah. Squid Games is like right there. Squid Games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. That's a really good joke. They are Squid Games in my notes the whole time. Nice. (laughs) Because they just look like the game guy. Yeah. It looks like a little more video gamey, but yeah, 100%. Well, and until you really see the masks up close and they're kind of gross looking, when it's just like black Far away. Yeah, and kind okay. of featureless, I was just like, oh no, she's going to have to play red light, green light. Uh, <laughs> so she runs and knocks on one of the doors of one of the houses. And I think the implication was that this was mostly campus housing, but they're houses um, and people are gone for spring break, so nobody answers. It was winter yeah. break. It's Christmas break. It was break. definitely not spring break, Paige. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. Christmas break. That's what I meant. <laughs> it's because you don't have seasons out where you are. You, so you just. That's true. It's all the same. Yeah. The snow and the lights and the snowmen and the Christmas trees. They were sort of a giveaway. Yeah. They yeah. were. Well, so the thing that wrecks it for me, though, is that there's kids playing with that snowman the next day. Well, no, they're rebuilding it. Yeah, but that means they would have lived in the house and late at night, they're probably there. So the fact that oh, nobody opens the door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I will say there was a lingering shot on the decorations and I was like, that's a good fucking looking yard. They their yard looks solid, man. Christmas Mikey out in full effect. <laughs> I did I did like the amount of Christmas decorations used in the murders in this film. Yeah. I did like it. So she tries calling her sisters, but they can't hear the phone. And she ends up kind of falling over the snowman. They fight in the yard. And then she knocks on the door of the house. He opens it and he's inside the house. Which yeah. I don't know how that happened. I guess it sense it's supernatural. Like at the end of it, when it's revealed it's supernatural, I was just like, <laughs> oh, he teleported. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. It's just because they... <laughs> It's just because they poorly edited that one scene. They're like, oh, and they're supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he breaks off an icicle from the house. Yeah, he goes die hard two on it. Yes. Yeah. And stabs her in the snow. And then as he drags her away, it makes a pretty cool looking snow angel. Well, a creepy snow angel. But yeah, it was pretty cool. That was the prettiest shot of the movie, in my opinion. I thought so, too. I thought it was very like, oh, nice. I like what you've done here, director or cinematographer. <laughs> or whoever came up with that idea. You can just tell me like, I don't want to do a horror movie, but like, look at this shot. Yeah. Like, right? Look at it. Look at the shot. Maybe don't do that when you bring a girl over and just had her sign an NDA. <laughs> don't be like, I want you to look at this murder shot. Well, does that mean they can't say anything that I say and everything? It depends on the scope of the NDA, but yeah, typically, yes. Well, and remember, NDAs cannot cover wrongdoing, like, or breaking the law. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just being like, (laughs) now for 20 minutes of hot takes. (laughs) (laughs) There's no sex involved. It's just like, you know what? I really love Sunny Delight. No. (laughs) Did you know that he believes dinosaurs aren't real? Like, (laughs) He said the prettiest eclipse is a flat earth eclipse. You can see both sides of the moon through a flat Earth eclipse. Mm-hmm. You can see mm-hmm. the Nazis on the dark side. Yeah, I like. I like how all of mine are just like fucking insane. Alien Three <laughs> is the best. Ooh, don't! I don't want to be angry today, Mikey. These are your bad takes. I read that Alien Three novelization. It kind of fell apart in the third act, but still way better than Alien Three. Well, yeah. There's not much that's worse than Alien Three. Prometheus is better than the original Aliens. No. That's what, oof, don't get me upset. In Prometheus, those people are scientists and they're like, let's hug this alien. <laughs> I, I don't think Mike understands the bit we're trying to do. I can't joke around with Prometheus. There's some things you can't joke about. They're too serious. 
But God doesn't draw on straight lines, Mikey. Scientists do. Why did you hunt that alien? <laughs> like, you're a xenobiologist, and you're going to be like, oh, it's a snake. Let me put it in my pants. And then you, like, infect everyone in the crew or whatever. Mikey, you're describing STDs, right? <laughs> No, no. Yeah, I'm, that's why he needs the NDA. I don't know if you've seen Prometheus for a long time. But like the only thing that it has in common with Alien is like the yellow lights that flash when there's an emergency. Because everyone else is an idiot. And no one responds how humans respond to problems. It was like, it's fine. I can't talk about Prometheus. What other movie that makes me upset like this? Star Wars. Fuck. The Last Jedi. Let's talk about it. <laughs> That's like the NDA time period. It's just your Last Jedi and Prometheus hot takes. You're just like, they could have cut out the entire casino subplot and it would have not oh. impacted the movie at all. Paige, yeah. at the end of the movie, they're like, all these children are force sensitive and we'll never bring it up ever again. Ever again. Welcome to... Yet I need you to sign this NDA because I have a 37-hour <laughs> slideshow why The Last Jedi ruins Star Wars. No, not a slideshow. <laughs> Mikey, you're terrible with PowerPoint. I know. That's why you're signing an NDA. <laughs> what are these graphs? They're just fucking nuts. <laughs> She's just like, I thought we were going to have sex. No. No. I need you to hear about why Kylo Ren ruined the new trilogy. <laughs> we're going to talk about what I was Fuck the hardest <laughs> by the last Jedi. And I'm going to show you on this doll where the last Jedi hurt me. <laughs> and it's just to the heart. And I don't want to say that The Rise of Skywalker is a good movie. I'm just saying The it's Last not. Jedi led to The Rise of Skywalker, yes. which is also its own nightmare tragedy in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. The villain of the whole trilogy is set up by a scroll in the last movie. Like, fuck off. Just fuck off. <laughs> Honestly, I have no notes for the last trilogy. <laughs> No notes. Uh, my only note is Adam Driver's fine. Fine. If I had to give them one note, it would be don't hire three different directors yes. to direct one trilogy, you fucking morons. Or if you do it, outline what the fuck you're going to do in your trilogy. The, Mandal the Mandalorian had yeah. different directors for a bunch of different episodes. That's super common. They have a showrunner that does guide the direction yep. of every you episode, though. Yep. How could you fuck this up? It's fine. It's fine. Mikey, hang on. Let's 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 pause the podcast real quick. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. Because <laughs> show me on this doll where George Lucas. Does. George Lucas is not a blame. Yeah, everybody was like, I hate the prequel trilogy. He's to blame for Jar Jar. So I like the prequel trilogy a lot better than the sequel trilogy. Yusa gonna sign this NDA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said the Listen, Jar Jar. The prequel trilogy is not great, but it's linear and it like. <laughs> The villain of the trilogy set up in movie one. He just wanted to pod race. Now this is podcasting. No. <laughs> fuck you. Just cut this out as a bonus episode. This is the bonus you episode. You are Darth Vader. You're going to grow up to be Darth Vader. That's with all the layers. Half the layer will be machines. <laughs> Look, Darth Maul was awesome. They shouldn't have killed him off. And if they didn't kill him off, I argue that that would have been amazing. They didn't, Mikey. He's back in The Mandalorian. He's also back in the cartoons if you watch them, which you didn't because you're obviously a plebe. But that's fine. <laughs> pleb but okay i've only read that word because you <laughs> never use that it's word short for plebeian so i would accept plebe all right so black christmas yeah, scene two. Yeah. we open in riley's room where claudette the kitty is waking her up 
I was very happy that there was a cat in this movie and the cat doesn't get hurt. Yeah, the cat does survive. I was happy about that, too. I was worried that we'd find the cat dead at some point. It's actually a toxic masculinity cat now. So <laughs> the bonus scene at the end where it's drinking the black goo. And I was like, <laughs> what is this cat just going to be like cryptocurrency? Let's get into it. <laughs> Elon Musk is great. <laughs> <laughs> and just making biscuits on somebody's chest and like you were asking for it dressed that way. <laughs> You should be the one making biscuits in the kitchen. <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> Toxic masculine cat. Uh, so. <laughs> I want to see someone like draw a cartoon series that is just toxic masculinity cat that follows this kitty, like specifically this kitty. You have to ground it in this universe. McCready, do you believe that women are people and have the rights to their own bodies? McCready is clearly looking at you like, uh, no, I believe all people are my possessions. <laughs> because that's it's the pretty, way cats think. That's pretty true. Anyway, so Riley gets up and she gets dressed just t-shirt and jeans and puts a comb kind of thing in her hair and goes downstairs where she talks to her little sister, Helena. Yeah. And gives her the comb to basically be like, hey, I know you're nervous about tonight. This was a good luck charm that somebody gave to me and I'm, now I'm giving it to you. Yeah, she gives it like this whole backstory, which I thought was super, super sweet. Of course, when we find out literally like two seconds later, it's not at all true, but it like was super sweet. Yeah, I mean, th that is a thing too of people passing objects down their lines, like big sis to little sis. Okay. Uh, or even just people that you are close to. That's how I got a bright blue penis candle that I then passed on to somebody else. <laughs> Nobody says they have to be cool objects. I think it's weird that you think we don't think that that's cool as shit. A penis candle? <laughs> it was like a coveted piece in the house because it had like the girl who originally had it was fucking rad. And so when I got it, people were like, who are you going to pass it to? Like, like, who is going to be rad enough for the penis candle? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want a like life-size creation of Dr. Manhattan's dong. I get it. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, it exactly looks like that. I get it. <laughs> anyway, so this is also where we find out about the orphan's dinner. Did we find out here that Imogen Poot's family had been killed? Yeah, we don't find out how. Yeah, yeah. We don't really ever dig into that, but like... They never bring that back up. No, they don't. They don't need to. I, I feel like it's kind of fine without it. I don't think it needs it either. It just gives her a reason to not go home and visit family. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess, but like, you don't really need that either. It was just like... She has no family as either, and she was also a victim of sexual assault. And I was like, oh, we're kind of piling on on this character, huh? Yeah, she's had a bad go of it. I think it was purely so that she had a reason to not go home. Yeah. It was what I took from it. But also, so on a second watch, some of the items take on a little more meaning, and one of them is the dress. So at this point, Helena's giving, or her Jesse, I guess, is giving her back the dress. Jesse's one of the other sisters who's in the kitchen. And she's like, oh, I borrowed this. You should take it. And she says, oh, keep it. I never wear it. And we find out later that that's the dress she was wearing when she was assaulted. Yeah. And yeah. so... The fact that A, she comes back and strangles someone to death with it is pretty fucking great. Uh, but also the fact that Helena, her little sis, kind of keeps pushing it at her a little bit is pretty gross. Because we do find out later that Helena is kind of sided with the boys. And yeah. it's pretty lame that they like hang that dress up where she will see it every day as she walks past it. Yeah, I would just throw it away. 
Yeah, burn it. Well, yeah, or yeah, like ritualistically burn it might bring some catharsis with it. So like, yeah. whatever helps you do that, it's yours. You own it. Like, fuck, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. This is also where we first see they have like, they've decorated the house for Christmas and there's a little Santa toy that sings and it keeps going off when people don't intend it to. That's from the 74 version too, I think. If I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. You are correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ed McMahon. So... We cut to Riley walks to campus and she walks past the lawn where Lindsay died and the kids are rebuilding that snowman. And this is the craziest looking college campus I've ever seen. I tried to figure out where they filmed this and I don't know where it is. It doesn't really feel like a college campus to me. It just feels like a town. Yeah, it felt like a town and like a cool looking library. And that was it that they said was the campus. And that was it. Oh, it's they filmed in New Zealand. So it is. Oh, okay. It's the University of Otago. So it actually is a university, though. I, I wonder if that's why it felt different, because their universities are just sl- like slightly different, you know? I mean, no kidding. If, if instead of being black and white, it was brick and sandstone, it looks like UCLA. Oh, OK, cool. So she goes to class. Carrie Elvis is her teacher. And the second he's her teacher and like quoting this kind of misogynist bullshit, I was just like, oh, he's the villain. Like, I instantly was like. You're bad. I was instantly sad because I love Carrie Elwes. Like in everything he does. Like if he is like saving someone falling down a hill or sawing off his own foot, I'm here for it. Yeah, I I do have in my notes. No, my sweet Wesley. (laughs) But I think my favorite is him in Liar Liar. Where he's just like, the claw. You're afraid of the claw. And it's just like one finger. He's so funny. Like. (laughs) He is he plays that character so well because he's so funny because he's actively not at all funny. And like that is such a hard line to walk and he crushes it. Yeah, he does great. He's like painfully unfunny. I love it. Anyway, so he tries to argue that writing is not inherently male or female, so that it's not a problem that he has no women or people of color on his syllabus. But the thing he reads was from a female writer, or at least they say it yeah, is. Camille I don't know Paglia. if it's true. Yeah, I he don't know if that's true her. at all, because Todd doesn't read. But, like, women <laughs> can write misogynistic <laughs> shit. Like, it, that doesn't make any difference, yeah, right? Blood Diner exists. <laughs> I, I think a man wrote it, but it was a female director on Blood um, Diner. But excuse yes. me, Sheetar is a very female-empowering <laughs> no, character. Like, you no, know, it's not. The, the director of Blood Diner thinks that because she's a woman, she can't make exploitation films. And I'm like, wrong. And you did. Oh, wait. Does she act, did she actually say that? She yes, did. there's she an did interview. Oh, I thought you made that as like as a joke. No. Oh, my no, God. That's, that's gross. <laughs> it's a real thing. But yeah, like to, it's the same thing goes for this writer. If they're a real writer, like just because it's a woman that wrote it doesn't mean it's not like misogynistic and terrible. Right. Right. Exactly. It's just a female with an incredibly bad take. Just like Jane Eyre. Just like Jane, just like Jane Eyre, Mikey. <laughs> yeah. You've unlocked a fun fact. I hate the book Jane Eyre. <laughs> I'm actually with you on that, Mikey. Yeah. So she leaves class and as she's leaving the petition that the professor mentioned, because somebody's petitioning to get him removed um and it's her friend chris who is doing the petition so she runs into her on on, like right outside class it's one of her sisters yeah yeah it's one of her sisters and they all decide to go to riley has to go to work so marty and chris her sisters go to work with her and hang out at the cafe while she's working we gotta go to work marty marty (laughs) gotta fill this car with pumpkin spice lattes (laughs) i'm so sorry though anytime someone said her name i was like i wish i wish this was doc brown (laughs) so 
this is also where we get a little more discussion around what happened to Riley and her assault. And one of her abuser's friends, brothers, comes in and is a total asshole. Oh, the worst. He's a real tool. And he's mocking her assault where he's like, we're all going skiing. It's consensual. This is not even a funny joke, even if it wasn't about something that's totally terrible. Yeah, it's it's just bullshit. So this is where they meet Landon, who's kind of like a a nerdy, shy guy, but he clearly has a thing for Riley, and he's like worked up the courage to talk to her. Yeah, but he's ordering coffee as well. Yeah. So this is also where we find out that the thing that they're supposed to go to tonight that Helena's supposed to sing at, that we kind of talked about earlier, is at the DKO house. Yeah. And it's their talent show. Which is also where the assault happened, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to that night and they're all in one of the rooms at the house and getting ready. I thought it was Smoosh's room, but they never confirm whose room it is. It might have just been somebody else's. Yeah, I didn't realize that Smoosh was in DKO. They didn't really say. So you don't really know. I don't don't think so. I don't think so because he's not at the initiation thing. Right. But he seems to have... Uh, like he they he they seem to let him go with them wherever so i don't know I, he might be another chapter i'm not sure sure but he, he's with them yeah in this room as they're getting ready well because his girlfriend's there he wants to spend time with his girlfriend i get that yeah yeah and they're basically in like mean girls santa costumes like the yeah. same ones 100%. from from the dancer me hated it very, so very much close. it was terrible <laughs> i i like i was kind of when they didn't do jingle bell rock i was like oh <laughs> but then you know they had a much better purpose they did I mean, that song is also catchy and funny yeah i have fun facts about that song that are going to make you kind of depressed <laughs> oh, shit. oh no i mean that's not super surprising based upon the mm-hmm, lyrics mm-hmm, but yeah mm-hmm. so They can't find Helena, and so Riley goes to look for her, and she does find her in flagrante uh, with Phil, or at least um, before she does, she kind of finds the initiation ritual where they're like putting goo on their heads. Yeah, this is where she oversees that ritual, and I think she just like writes it off as like, oh, it's just some weird hazing thing, it's fine, whatever. Right. And then she like wanders down the hallway to see Helena getting up, well, about to be getting assaulted. Yeah. Right. It it seems like it's a sexual, I will say it's a sexual encounter that I think Helena is under the influence and not able to consent to. I got the impression that she had been roofied. And even though she had been, like she was still trying to fight it in as much as she could while she was like. I mean, the only reason I think she wasn't is because later on she's able to walk around and and stuff and she was still drunk because they said they were giving her a bunch of martinis yeah she was drunk she was drinking vodka sodas and she was mixing vodka and tequila which you should never do i forgot about it but she even mentions like do tequila and vodka not mix well and then she like starts throwing up but we should talk about like what happens right well and to to be clear if like just informationally uh, if somebody roofies a person, because we as sisters, you go to parties together and you watch out for each other. So I've seen people roofied and they were not assaulted because we got them home. That's awful. It is awful. For most people, it makes you throw up a lot. Well, that's what happens to Helena. And this is me just being ignorant. Like as I've gotten older, I've talked to and dated and made friends with and worked with a fair number of people who have been like drugged at a bar. And, and it's like, yeah. 
terrifying. That is so yeah. crazy to me. And even guys were like they accidentally drink the wrong drink. Like like it's like yes. it's like way more common than you think. It it is and there's a couple different ways people will do it. Like sometimes people put visine in drinks and that'll make you just really really nauseous and sick. But if somebody actually roofies you, essentially it like expounds the impact of alcohol in your system. So you'll see a person have like one drink and then all of a sudden they're barfing as if they've had 10 drinks. Like and that's kind of what you're looking for and they're not conscious of it. Like they they go night night (laughs) dead behind the eyes and they're just vomiting uncontrollably and so the one really bad one we got this girl home and she just threw up everything in her system and we had to do the thing where you like prop someone on their side to make sure that they don't Mm. aspirate and whatever and then the next day she had no memory of it like it's like at one point in the night someone flipped the light switch off and then flipped it back on the next morning and she was just like i i don't know what happened But the only reason we know is because we were around her. We watched her have one drink and then gone. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I don't think Helena was roofied. I think she was drunk, but it doesn't matter because either way negates consent. Right. But I think the thing that's really that kind of puts Riley on high alert is that they're about to kind of have sex and she says wait and he doesn't oh she says wait a bunch it's very clear she doesn't want it to progress past just kissing which they or she's just not ready for it too but also she's drunk so like but yeah that wait should be a full stop yeah yeah, that's (laughs) what i'm saying well i don't think like she was saying let's do it here in like 30 seconds i think she was like i don't want this now yeah but you have rights to do either one and it's both the consent issue if they do not listen yes Oh, yeah. Either party has the ability to, to bow out at any point during any sexual encounter. Yeah. Or slow yeah. down. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. so when when he does not slow down and, and Riley's heard her say, wait, that's when she intervenes, as she should. Yeah. This is, this is good sisterhood right here. And then asks her sister pointedly, are you okay? Do you need to come with me? Ignoring whatever he said. Well, yeah, because he's like, get out. We're we're (laughs) like, whatever, get away, get away. And she's like, "Um, do you want me to leave? Talking to her sister. Mm -hmm. And then she gets her the fuck out of there. Yeah. She gets, well, she gets him the fuck out of there. They then stay in that room and barf in his trash can. Oh, that's (laughs) right. That's right. That's great. Yeah. Pretty solid. The only thing that I kind of like don't love is that they put her in an uber to go home and they don't go with her yes where yeah i didn't realize that like that no you always go with somebody like and i mean and we find out later that she probably was not in danger at this point this is probably a ruse but like she didn't know that at the time so it's a risk either way right it's a risk either way so she sends her home she gathers her costume and Riley rejoins the other girls and now Riley's going to sing with them. Now, that is like super risky trauma wise. Uh, yeah. And I feel like Chris kind of pushes her into it. And I kind of really didn't like that. Yeah. I also like I'm not blaming Riley for doing it and having like a problem doing it. No, like, of course not. But just leave like Riley go home. And everyone leave Riley the fuck alone about doing this thing. Like, that made me so mad. Like, I think it's completely understandable that she would, A, not want to be in that fucking house. Yeah. B, not want to do this song. Like, all of that shit. Like, I wouldn't want to either. Fuck that. I'm out. It does create a good 
sub conflict between her it and does. the other girl. But I just hated that her sisters were pushing her to do it. Because if the movie had not dealt with this later on, the friend apologizing, being like, "I should have never made you do that," and stuff like that, yeah. I would have hated this part. Yeah. But like, since they since they don't just drop it, I'm like, I'm I'm okay with them making mistakes. I do think it sets up a really interesting dynamic between her and Chris, where Chris is very involved in the cause and is not paying attention to the actual people in the human cost. Yeah. Yeah. The I, human I, cost. Because mm-hmm. it's been three years it says since the assault but i mean there's no timeline <laughs> on recovery and processing and so absolutely like, not yeah to be like you should be better by now is a crazy crazy opinion to have yeah a terrible opinion it's a hot take it's it's a hot take uh but so she does decide to sing with them and Landon, her friend from the cafe, or the guy she met on the cafe, is on the soundboard. Yeah, he's running sound. Yep. And then they start the song, and we reveal that her rapist is there. And Chris just says, rebuild yourself, bitch, which I'm just like, okay, I understand that you think you're being motivational, (laughs) but like... I was a little taken aback. I was like... I was like, I'll slap you. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is bad. I was like, I get that you're on stage and this is a performance, but it's not that big a deal. Like, who gives a shit? She's having a moment. Let her, like, process this, how she needs to process this. Yeah, I don't make Todd go to, like, fucking a monster truck rally. (laughs) (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Trauma will resurface. (laughs) You'll buy the whole therapy couch, but you'll only need the edge. (laughs) You build yourself, bitch. (laughs) I I can't wait till Mikey starts his own therapeutic practice, and that's his tagline. Oh, man. Therapy. Rebuild yourself, bitch. The sad part is it would probably be super popular. It would be. One ad on the Joe Rogan experience. You'd have a couch full of alpha douches. I mean, they pay good money. When I did do private practice, that was mainly what I did. It was uh, males. I'm not going to say alphas. I had some really good guys, too. But, like, also some <laughs> alphas. I was like, love is not transactional. And they're like, I don't, un- I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so they then, the first verse of the song sounds kind of normal. And then they launch into the fact that it is a rewritten song about essentially being assaulted in a frat house and they're openly accusing him. Yeah. They are all but naming him in the song. They do eventually name him, not in the song. I liked how the women in the audience were like going nuts about the song. Even some of the guys were like... They were like getting video of it. (laughs) Yeah, it's clear that there are people there who believed her and were on her side. And I think to a point, it is beneficial in that regard because she understands that people do believe her. And that's kind of nice. But I got the impression that this was the song they were going to do whether she sung with them or not. And we do find out later that Chris was going to put it online. And I feel like that really puts her in a tough spot. Yeah, kind of. Well, didn't she design the lyrics and the choreography, though? She rehearsed with them. So she would have known that it was going to happen. I... I just, I mean, I think that's a risk no matter what, whether she's singing it or not. Oh, yeah. I feel like it was going to come back at her a bit. The fact that she puts it online without getting Riley's like, okay on that, I thought was super shitty. 
Yeah. That was super shitty. Because doing choreography and writing lyrics to something about trauma can be cathartic if that's how you want to get it yeah. out of your system. But like sharing that with the world may not be cathartic, yes. right? So like that's right. a deeply personal thing. And I mean, Riley might also be fine with it, but you have to have that conversation, right? Right. Do you want the fun facts about the song yes, now or later? Okay. Always now. Always now. This song was written by Ricky Lindholm. Okay. And this is going to be blanketed in a big ol' allegedly. <laughs> okay. So Ricky Lindholm is one half of a comedy musical duo called Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, I know Garfunkel oh, and yeah, Oates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And a big ol' allegedly, Garfunkel and Oates are rumored to have been two of the unnamed victims of Louis C.K. Oh, shit. Okay. And, and by victim, I mean that he ex- exposed himself. And there are a couple articles about it. They have not ever really gone public with it. It's always been other people telling the story about them. Right. So I don't want to be like, they said this. That's not the case. So when the Louis C.K. story came out, I had been a comic for a long time. And leading up to that, there people warned women comics about him. And that was the story they used was was this story. And so to then like to see this song and then find out she wrote it, I was just like, oof, this hits home a bit. <laughs> like, yeah. This is rough. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's no fun. But if you guys don't know Garfunkel and Oates, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> I think what you should take from this is Garfunkel and Oates is great. Yeah. And they write killer lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's a true story or not, that's not important. Don't define women by their, by their potential rumored assaults. Right. Yeah. Just go listen to Garfunkel and Oates because they're fucking hilarious. They're great. <laughs> anyway, rumor or no rumor, pro Garfunkel and Oates podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So they finish the song. People are cheering. People are actually like into it. They run out. They finish and they run off stage, run out of the house. As they're running, Riley says, that'll teach Brian Huntley to rape another girl. Yes. Uh, and that's caught on a video. And it's caught on video. Although it's off stage technically. Yeah. Right. So they run outside. Landon chases after them and is just like, that was amazing. Like, fuck those guys. I'll come hang out with you. Yeah. And while that's happening, they get a group text from Helena who basically says, I'm taking the train. I'll see you next year. And she we cut to her home drunk packing, which I don't know if you've ever drunk packed. I have. Yes, it's it's rough. It's a rough situation. (laughs) Meanwhile, the group and Landon is kind of making their way back to the house. And Landon tells a joke that was also in 12 Dates of Christmas. So this is two movies in a row that we have heard this terrible Christmas joke. Yes, which the is, claustrophobic. And I was yes, like, <laughs> why is Santa scared of getting stuck in the chimney? Because he's claustrophobic. Like, I don't know how this has ended up in multiple films, but it has. Well, I honestly feel like Black Christmas ripped off 12 Dates of Christmas because 12 Dates of Christmas came out in 2011. That's... So true. Yeah. I would say, why did I bury Santa in my backyard and I'm claustrophobic? What? <laughs> That's a weird escalation. <laughs> like two murdering Santa. Uh, and the answer is because he's Phoebe Cates' father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would say that joke is older than dirt or older than my grandfather. And he farts dust. 
That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Because he's dead. Uh, but also, he's just old, and dust farts are a big problem among the elderly. <laughs> yeah, it's a real big problem at retirement homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, those depends are so dusty. Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's really nasty when they get that dirtaria. Oh. See, people think antique stores are dusty. They're not. Just old people farting them all the time. <laughs> that makes sense. New definition of crop dusting. <laughs> anyway, they invite Landon to their dinner the next day, and we cut to the next morning. So I assume they, they drank and hang out, and then everyone went home. Yeah. Because, oh, no, I'm sorry. We cut back to the house, and Helena's in the bathroom still trying to pack and she's getting the creep, the creepy DMs from Calvin Hawthorne. Yeah. The one thing I do like is she walks back through the house. We get a, a few more shots of the sorority house. She's walking and there's a paddle that says live, laugh, love. And yeah. I yeah. thought that was pretty great. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny. Regardless, she goes back to her room and Squid Games is there. We cut to a flashback of Riley being drugged and assaulted and we... She basically wakes up out of a nightmare is what it is. So she looks at her phone and she has a text from one of the other Delta Sigmas who were not at the show the last night because they were boycotting it. And it says, have you heard from Linz? She hasn't gotten to her grandma's yet. I heard you were great. So that's the other house that ends up getting attacked. Right. So she gets up and she talks to her sisters and she's kind of like, yeah, I still kind of feel weird about it. That makes sense. You know, yeah. I'm having nightmares now because my trauma is all triggered. It yeah. sort of resurfaced after facing it head on last night like a badass. <laughs> but still, like, I understand why that would be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And one of her sisters who's going home, the one who owns Claudette, is basically leaving Claudette with her. She's about to get on the train. This is also the sister who couldn't find her diva cup earlier in the movie. Well, it's because someone stole it. And it's because someone stole it. Yeah. But then puts a pad in in front of her other sister. And I'm like... This is something I've never experienced with my sisters, and I have seen a lot. <laughs> I was going to ask you that, because Natalie and I watched this together, and she liked the movie, too, but she was like, you wouldn't do this. You would just go to the no, bathroom and do that. Like, do that. So I was like, I wonder if that is like a thing that happened at sororities, because she wasn't in a no. sorority either. So like, I, I wondered if that was like a sorority sisterhood thing. No, no, <laughs> that's, that's never something I've seen. I mean, now, granted, a bunch of ladies in a house you know, moon accidents are going to happen. Uh, and like I've helped somebody who's like stained their clothes or something like that. But A, you can't just easily slide a pad in like that because pads are sticky on one side. And so you can't easily just shove it down your pants down the front. So the fact that she just kind of shoves it down the front, I was like, what? But also that's <laughs> never something ev that I've ever done in front of another woman or had someone do in front of me. Like, and, and there are certain women that I feel like I know well enough that if that happened, it wouldn't be weird. Like I've seen people give birth. And so like those people, I wouldn't be weirded out. But like, no, my sorority sisters have never done this. But I mean, yeah, like, but like guys do weird shit in front of other guys too. Like, I, that's why I was like, I wonder if this is like a thing that like happens sometimes. Yeah, that'd be like, that'd be like if I had like jock itch. I'm like, guys, I got to powder my balls and I just do it in front of your face. In front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Mikey, how do you know my specific fetishes? Oh, God. Now, what I will say, <laughs> I, I have been around multiple people when when bikini waxes were in play so it's not so much that like you wouldn't encounter people's bodies in a more intimate way because you live with all of them like that no i'm sure you would because you live with them yeah no i but i've never seen somebody put on a pad in front of me like that right that was weird 
But whatever, guys do weird shit too. Yeah. Anyway, so this sister is like, okay, I'm I'm heading out. Take care of Claudette. Don't overfeed her. And I thought at first Claudette was another sister, and then I was like, oh no, it's the cat. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, I was oh, like, that's really that. mean because she even says like, it took me a year to slim her down after last winter break, and I was like, God, <laughs> she's really mean. I thought like it was like her younger sister, like little sister or whatever, and then I I remembered it was the cat. I was like, oh okay, okay right, that's fine. It was the cat. Yeah. Uh, so the group of girls that we've kind of been following leave to go get a Christmas tree, leaving this last girl in the house as she's kind of final packing. Yeah, but she's about to leave too. She's going to go home for she's the about holiday. To leave yeah. Too. yeah, she's yeah. catching a train or whatever. Uh, on the way out, uh, Riley says, I think someone from DKO has been in the house because that black stuff is on Claudette and they keep taking stuff from around the house. Yeah. And she lists out very specific items that it was a crystal and a diva cup. And I was like, oh, black magic because you've got crystals <laughs> and menstrual blood. And this is like an Alistair Crowley recipe. Oh, I did not recipe. put any of that shit together at yeah. all. Yeah, I thought it was just like a goop thing. I had no <laughs> idea at this point. I was like, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow's involved. Got it. Check. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. You wouldn't just leave a diva cup full of blood sitting around. That's no one does that but i guess the implication being that it has touched yeah it's just that person's owner no i don't think it's that it's touched menstrual blood i think it's I think just at the end they just reveal that it's who it's somebody something that somebody owns yes it's just a weird item to steal yeah i would i would definitely grab someone's like necklace and not menstrual cup <laughs> yeah, but same. like whatever well, that's fine helena's not the best yeah well it's helena's necklace it's this girl's menstrual cup i forget her name well helena's the one who stole the items that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but one of hers still ends up on the tray. But when they mentioned a crystal and a diva cup, my first thought went to Aleister Crowley, yeah. where I was just like, those two items would be used in weird shit. In sex magic. Yeah. Sex magic. Unfortunately, I can't talk about that because I made them sign NDAs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they all pile into Nate's car. They go to pick out a tree back in the house the girl who's leaving is trying to find claudette and claudette like hides like the cat is meowing but hiding yeah and so she's like are you hurt is that is something okay because cats a typically only vocalize like that when something is wrong and b they hide when something is wrong yeah oh not my family's cats hide all the time I'm just like well i'm leaving goodbye <laughs> <laughs> as she's looking she gets strangled with christmas lights which i actually kind of love as a kid for a couple reasons yes. one they're completely lit which means he would have had to plug them in before killing her that's like if a christmas mikey and i know he's not but if christmas mikey was a murderer like that is how christmas mikey would murder 100 yeah. percent because Christmas Mikey would be super concerned with both killing efficiently and spreading christmas cheer i would put the bodies inside the inflatables <laughs> Like inside like a snow globe inflatable. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> so while they're out in the trees, she gets text from that Hawthorne account and she asks if it's Landon. It's not. She gets a phone call from somebody with no caller ID. She answers it and it's Helena's mom and she hasn't come home yet. Yeah. So now she's worried that Helena is missing. So they go back to the house with the tree and Riley goes upstairs to check on Helena, uh, who has like. In my notes, I just have it as a Narnia ass wardrobe. That's true. <laughs> she doesn't see her and she tries calling her and leaving a message, but no sign of her. And she knows that Lindsay's missing as well. Yeah. So she goes downstairs and tells everyone she's like, I think we should talk to campus security because they're both missing. And Jesse is like, do I just turn on the oven and put the ham in? Which is like... <laughs> 
her not knowing how to cook, but it's still coming out great is one of my favorite <laughs> tiny subplots of this movie. Honestly, Paige, it's a Christmas miracle. It is a Christmas miracle. Like, I could be <laughs> ham this whole time. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> I could have been cooking ham forever. So Riley decides she's going to go to campus security. Meanwhile, as she walks outside, we reveal that her friend that was supposed to leave, the one who has Claudette, is dead on one of the balconies of the house. Yeah, that shot was really effective, too. That's a throwback to the original. Yeah, it was. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to the campus security office and she runs into Landon on the way and she asks, like, hey, have you been DMing me? And he's like, no, I don't have social media, which is a huge red flag. But he's like, I would DM you if you wanted me to. Do you think it's a huge red flag? I don't think so. My brother doesn't have social media, mainly for privacy reasons. And he's also like, everyone on there hates each other. I don't want to be on that. that. That's true. I For me, it's if they don't. A, understand that other people do and B, don't have anything. Like if you have, if you're a ghost, now I'm worried about you. Oh yeah. Because it means people can't track you down. I mean, my brother does have a Twitter account, but he rarely uses it and he mainly uses it to like, like my tweets. That That's fine. Because like, <laughs> yeah. okay. for yeah. me, if you're like, I have social media, I just don't really use it. That's different. Yeah. Than that's someone sort of what who it actively is. doesn't have anything. But like he, like there's no profile picture, like the name has nothing to do with his name like so it's like he's concerned about privacy which i totally totally get you know because I it's do, a concern I do, yeah for sure but yeah but i also when somebody's just like no i have no i leave no footprints on this earth i'm just like okay you're gonna kill me <laughs> i should also clarify someone of our age group not having social media is strange to me sure yeah yeah, yeah people yeah. older than us it, i I'm like, good. People older than us all have Facebook. That's the problem. Um, my parents refused, but my dad does have an Instagram now, though. I know, and yes, it's lovely. Does. We DM occasionally. Quite often. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. DM occasionally. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have Facebook if it wasn't for the Facebook group. Like, I just hate yeah, Facebook. No, sure. I hate everything Facebook stands for. I'd probably keep my Instagram, and I realize it's still a part of the meta organization, mm-hmm. but, like, I prefer Instagram because it seems like a little bit more positive than Facebook. Yeah, I prefer Instagram. Instagram, I would say, is probably my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite things to see is when I'm scrolling through Instagram and it shows me like a cat account. Uh It'll always say, Paige Wesley, like this photo. (laughs) Every one of them. Every time. Every time. A lot of cats and Pyrex. Yep. I love it. Instagram is my truest form. Yeah, I like Instagram too. It's more positive. But anyway, like if it wasn't for the Facebook groups, I would not have Facebook. I'd probably keep my Twitter and Instagram, but nothing else. Yeah, I I have it for entertainment branding reasons. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's part of the job, right? Yep. Anyway, but she like she literally says to Landon like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I'm brushing up on bad jokes for tonight." And he has like a bad joke book. And I was like, "I like Landon. Like he is I do putting like in do. effort." You know, I really feel like Landon was like, "Man, I got a chance with this girl." I'm I have a crush on. I want to nail it. Mm-hmm. How can I nail it? She laughed at my bad Puns. joke. Let's go. Yeah, Puns. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, I thought that was I thought that was really cute. But yeah, you're right, Paige. She then goes to campus security. Yes. Who is putting way too much mayo on a sandwich? There's no such thing. Any mayo is way oh. too much mayo on a sandwich. I am a very big pro mayo person. I would dip my fries in mayo. Oh, I Mikey. did that in Europe. Aioli is just fancy mayo. But like big globs of like just mayo makes me gag really bad. So like yeah. watching him make that sandwich, I was like, it's too bad because I love making big globs of mayo. No, Mikey, no. <laughs> That's why I see you pounding protein shakes every day. <laughs> what essential oil makes that better? Kerosene. Let me ask my doTERRA <laughs> rep. 
Yeah, <laughs> we should do, we should record this. We should call it to Tara and be like, I need to increase my load and velocity. <laughs> and velocity? <laughs> I want to shoot out like a shotgun. Yeah, I was going to blast through her back like a shotgun. <laughs> what mix of oils can we use? <laughs> Anyway, so campus security is like, <laughs> can I help you? And she's like, yes, one of my roommates is missing, Helena Rittenhouse, which I actually looked this up and the Rittenhouse, I'm going to call it a murder. I don't care what the court said. Sure. actually happened after this. It's a horrible coincidence. I figured it was a coincidence too, but I was like, oh God, because like literally the day I watched this was the day it was not guilty. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, fuck, really? Oh my God. <laughs> like so much. Uh, but so she's trying to describe that she's getting DMs. And this is actually like when you try to get a restraining order or something against somebody, this is a huge problem that law enforcement doesn't understand social media because you'll be like, yeah, I'm getting these DMs or I'm getting these texts or this person made fake accounts to follow me or whatever. And you end up having to explain how it works. <laughs> like when I, I at one point in my life had to file for a, a restraining order against somebody and had to explain how blocking people on text messenger worked. <laughs> like it was a whole thing. Oh boy. I'm sure that that's one of those things that's going to go away as younger people get into law enforcement. Really as I younger so. people get older and they get into law enforcement because it'll be like a baseline knowledge that everyone has. Right. Like, right. So like I only know what we do here. Right. Sure. So like they build built a separate building called the Family Safety Center where law enforcement take you if you want or you can go up there too and it's count like domestic violence counselors and other like helping professions like more wraparound services there's detectives there too mm -hmm. but they, it's like social workers and detectives together and like they walk you through the and there's also therapy for victims as it's a it's a nice little service but like they walk you through the process of like getting an order of protection nice mm -hmm. and okay, all cool. this other stuff and it kind of takes the police at the police part out of it because it's really it's like you go through a judge like yeah a it's, it's all legal stuff it's not necessarily like it is the law side of law and order not the yeah, order so side. They, yeah. they, they try to take the then the officers are, like they'll just take you there and be like talk to these counselors they'll get you yeah. right home and like oh yeah so that's how they started doing it there so i think it's going better because i had a friend recently go through that process i mean mm. i hope so because in los angeles it's like a huge complicated process that largely falls onto the the burden falls onto the victim i would say which oh, sucks that's terrible yeah anyway she's running into the some of the same roadblocks here where the guy's like i don't understand what a dm is and you have no proof there's nothing i can do but he's campus security and i think that they wanted him to be the worst even though i do realize at the end he does try and go save some girls and he, he gets killed right he, he which does, i like yeah. but like campus security on like the large scale has been shown to not really protect victims but protect schools yeah which is why if someone gets assaulted or whatever you should go to the police and i'm not saying the police are going to do a whole lot better because they're not great at it either but it's a much better success ratio than campus security is yeah uh so he does take her to the dko house and it's empty so he offers to drive her home, but she stays and she kind of peeks around in the windows and calls Helena's phone and does hear it ringing inside. Yes. Oh, did she hear it? Because I, I didn't know she heard it. She does. And wh what we find out later is that it's because Helena's there because she's part she's in on it. And so, yes, her phone is there. Right. In my TV, it was just like she leaned in the window and then the professor showed up or whatever. If you have subtitles on, it actually says Helena's phone ringing faintly. I don't believe in subtitles. I believe in sound mixing. 
But <laughs> I mean, it could have been louder. Uh, but the professor does sneak up on her and she kind of comes up with the story of like, oh, I'm looking for a comb I lost. And then he tells her about the performance being on YouTube and accuses her of defamation. Basically, like you said his name, you accused him. Uh, I don't think you should think he would take that lightly. I mean, yeah, he's terrible. And he's he's saying some pretty fucked up shit where he's yeah. like the school has a history sacrifices have been made i was like what are you talking about I was yeah like, i'm not even an english lit major like fuck off well and he he <laughs> says he has a key but then he can't none of his keys work so he has to use the hide a key and that really squicked me out too yeah i think that was just to display where the hide a key is so hide when she uses was. it later you're like oh that's how she knew where it was which i'm fine with but she should have left like immediately and been like, oh, I'm good. I'm leaving. Bye. But just because we already know this dude's a creep. They're trying to kick him out of school. Although we do also see in this scene when she looks at his papers. Because he's like, did you sign my petition? Yeah. When, yeah. when she he drops his papers and she picks them up, she sees the list of everyone. Yes. Right. So she sees that there are names literally on a list. And a lot of the names are people we recognize. Right. Names from yeah. the girls in her sorority. So like. There definitely is some sort of backlash brewing for the people who have signed the petition, right? We know that at this point. Right. So we cut back to her house, and this is where Jesse's like, I could have been making ham all my life. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Which is great. Um, And But clearly, Nate, a.k.a. Smoosh, is not doing great. He's kind of like not being nice. He's not engaging with them. And Marty notices a couple things of like, you're drinking beer. You never drink beer. It's yeah, because beer's manly now. I love beer. Which like lo- looking back, I'm like, what is that? What are they trying to say about beer? Like it's so weird. Um, so no, this is very specific to, and, and I guess there's not a ton of fun facts for this movie, and I'm burning through them fast. Uh, <laughs> the elements of toxic masculinity in this movie are specifically based on both Jordan Peterson's ideas and also the Brett Kavanaugh trial, which had happened just Uh, previous to this. And if you remember to, if you remember the Brett Kavanaugh hearing where he says, beer, I like beer. (laughs) He says it in a very, I remember that part. (laughs) Very fucking weird way. Um, That, that is what uh, Smoosh is supposed to sound like is I like beer. Like it's, a specifically written that makes sense. Line that makes that. sense. I love yeah. that Matt Damon sketch on Saturday Night Live. Oh my yeah. god, oh Matt my Damon god. does it so well. It's so hysterical. That man is literally making decisions that'll impact generations of people, though. That's terrifying. So, um, I really, I mean, but you, if you wanted to update it for today, you could have been like him saying, "I love DMT and ivermectin or whatever." Like, <laughs> I love ivermectin. It tastes like apple. I love ivermectin. Yeah, I'm just rubbing it on your gums. I'm gonna go home and hang out my float tank. You guys ever done a float tank? Honestly, okay, okay, okay. 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 Floating is pretty let's, cool. Yeah, let's not let's not attack float tanks. I'm not saying Joe Rogan is always wrong, but he is always a douche. <laughs> yeah, yes. no, absolutely. I'm just saying float tanks. It's can not be the relaxing. float tank's yeah. fault. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Riley gets home and she's like, "You posted the video online," and Chris is pretty flippant about it, where she's just like, uh, duh. "Yeah, of course I did," and she didn't watch all the way through it before posting it online. Right. Which, oh, which as a professional, horrifying. like, oh, yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, as someone who like edits videos for a living, I can't tell you how many times I've been burned from clients being like, hey, this clearly is missing this. Can you add it? I'm like, fuck, I forgot to watch it all the way through. You have to watch it all the way through. You have to. Uh, I I had something get posted where someone accidentally posted the unedited file in, instead <gasps> of the edited file. Oh, no. 
and they texted me about it and i was like oh okay take it down you know or whatever and they were like "Eh, i can't get to it till later today and i had like a panic attack all fucking day of like did i say anything crazy and no i hadn't it was fine but that's the the fear of just like did i say something i don't remember that i would never actually want to say you've been snorting your ivermectin again (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you remember Paige, but the wedding singer episode of uh romance in the pod had something in it that we meant to take out so we had to go back in there and remove it immediately when someone reached out and said hey did you mean to say this thing about that person that did something bad to you and we were like oh no we did not mean what for that to go oh, out no. so i had to, and i went and fixed it immediately because i was like oh shit yeah i do remember that. i was like that Good information times. can't be public Good times. <laughs> yeah anyway so uh riley's clear, clearly not okay with it being online um and I, I don't think she expected that to be the case meanwhile jesse goes upstairs because she's uncomfortable with them fighting and she goes to the attic to find more christmas lights yeah she's basically. trying to spread christmas cheer yeah i right. get it i get it yeah this is the one thing chris and mikey was on board for but i will yeah. say if you really want to spread christmas cheer because they've already decorated once in this house get all the decorations out at once mm. Keep them in an accessible place during the season. That's how I, that's how I do it. She'd still be alive if she would listen to that. Chris and Mikey's tips. That's true. <laughs> I think every episode we should have a new Christmas Mikey tip. <laughs> Christmas Mikey's tip. Yeah. Last episode's Christmas Mikey <laughs> tip was don't fall off the stool at work while you're setting up Christmas lights in your office. It never happened because if it did happen, I might not be able to decorate again. Exactly. Uh, it, it is on the mummy episode. <laughs> yeah. Just saying that's all hearsay. Uh, you guys actually signed a DNR. Oh, wow. Mikey, it's not a do not resuscitate. That's a different thing. You all signed a DNR, and if I find out that you told anyone, I am not going to resuscitate. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest with you, Mikey. If you bring a DNR out when some girl comes over, that's a different type of a like thing. Don't bring out a DNR. If I die during this encounter, don't let them resuscitate me. Here's my DNR. Keep it by the bed. Oh, my God. Anyway, so we cut back and forth the kitchen and the attic, and she's fighting lights. They're fighting downstairs. She plugs in a couple pairs of lights. They don't light up. She finally gets one. It lights up, illuminating squid games, just like hanging out in the attic. He's like, mm. And we have to assume at that point that she gets deaded because... She, and she does. She gets deaded. Yeah. We yeah. see it later, but... She yeah. gets a glass shard through the face. Yeah. It was brutal. We don't see that actually happen, but we see it as she turns later on. Mm-hmm. So they're fighting and Smoosh gets in on the fight. And I just have in my notes, oh, shit, Smoosh is the patriarchy. (laughs) Um, But he's saying horrible. Yeah, he's saying horrible things. Horrible shit. Like I should have dumped you last semester and all kinds of. And Marty kicks him out. Good for her. Yeah, because she's like, clearly you have the Joe Rogan experience broadcast directly into your brain. Stop. (laughs) Get out of my house. Quit yelling about cryptocurrency (laughs) i don't care if you got elon musk to smoke pot on your podcast get the fuck out yeah i mean he clearly always smokes pot you see what he named his kid anyways i do but it's not a word that can be spoken so i'm not gonna talk about it yeah you can only read that word 
Although Grimes is sort of weird too. Like I feel like that could have been sort on her. of weird. Well, that's what I mean. Like I, I feel like we don't necessarily know who to blame for the name, right? It could have been Grimes. I blame Black Hawk Down is the only character <laughs> I ever remember from any movie named Grimes. You and McGregor and Black Hawk Down as an American soldier. Here's the thing. Elon Musk is already a weird hybrid robot slash alien person. And then she is somehow twice as weird as that. And so, like, when I saw that name, I was like, oh, these are things we should have never let mix. <laughs> this is just too much in one place. They're the type of people who would go to an alien planet, see an alien snake, and be like, let's pick it up. <laughs> I yeah. think we're cutting all the Prometheus stuff, no, are we? we're not. I'm making more <laughs> Prometheus jokes, so it has to say. Anyway, so she, Marty gets weird DMs, and we've established at this point that they're all getting weird DMs. And so Chris responds to one as basically, is basically just like, come and get it, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Make make me a panini on my mom's panini maker. It's one of the yeah, I loved said. it. I was like, yes, that's not good shit talk, but I'm here for it. I, I just love paninis. Same. I do too. You know what I put on them? Mayo. Oh, uh, Well, yeah, on the outside to get a crispy crust. No, I'm with you on that, Mikey. <laughs> anyway. So at this point, she's like, I knew Helena was dead. The hooded guy comes in the house and he shoots Marty with an arrow. They take off running. They drop their phones. And the one thing I do really like about this movie is they're very practical about the choices they make where they're like, we need to get a phone to call an ambulance. We need to get keys to get out of here. So like those are like their goals. But this is the last time the movie is practical. Right. Well, shit starts popping right. off and then gets weird in the third act, right? So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, they're kind of hiding upstairs. Riley breaks a broomstick over her leg. She goes downstairs to try and get both Nate's keys and the phone. And uh, upstairs, Marty is kind of like apologizing, thinking that she's going to die. And sends Chris to go find Jesse. So, meanwhile, downstairs, we hear a door open. We cut back upstairs and Chris finds Jess in the attic, definitely dead with a shard of glass in her face. Yeah, like down the dome. I was like, oh, gross. Yeah. We cut back downstairs and the door that we heard opening was actually Nate getting back into the house. And he apologizes. He's like, I'm so sorry. I had this intense migraine. I feel terrible. Well, and she's trying stressful. Yeah. 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 And she's trying to tell him there's someone in the house. I need your phone. Like this help basically. And we actually hear kind of the high pitched ringing at this point. Yeah. And he literally immediately flips where he grabs an ax and he's like, I'm I need to protect everybody. her. Yeah. Like that's what a man would do. I really didn't love this part of it. I was like, just help them get out. Just go. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's yeah, one. Well, it's we find out it's because he's being brainwashed. Yes. The alpha side takes over, I guess, is what they're trying right. to show there. Yeah. Yeah. He immediately gets killed. The other hooded guy grabs Riley and cuts her face with an arrow. Did you see? Well, both sides of her cheeks and then rubs yeah. it in to make her cheeks rosy. I was like, oh, yes. I see what you're doing here. And that is terrible. Stick with us for more beauty tips. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess maybe if you pushed hard enough, you could. But like, as far as I understand, it, with arrows, it's more of the like, it's the, like the speed. Yeah. yeah, the speed and the impact. Yeah. So he then, because he's under the mistletoe, starts to like almost as if he's going to kiss her and she kind of fights him off he gets distracted by the santa toy she dives for the axe and the keys 
She Wolverines the keys yep. and kills the dude with Wolverine keys to the neck. Ooh, which yeah. I there is a significance to that of killing someone that way. Like Yeah, that's a yeah. up close. That's intimate, man. Yeah. Not only is it intimate, it's intimate with the tactic that we've been taught for self-defense. Yes. Oh yeah. But Jesse's dead, this dude's dead, Nate's dead. Marty comes downstairs and because Nate's dead, they're now confronted with multiple hooded guys and Marty tries to kind of like, hey, I just called the cops. I'm going to fucking kill you. And they immediately cut her with an axe. So she's dying, but she does. Well, she brings that axe to them because she has it in her hand and she is like threatening them with it, walking towards them. And she I think she's doing this because she wants the other girls to run. Like, I feel like she's already. Yes, she gives them a head start. Yeah, Yeah. she's already been like wounded. Right. And her boyfriend's dead. She's probably like i'm gonna sacrifice myself and save these girls but they don't actually leave like that i feel like that plan does not come to fruition which is sort of sad to me but i I like that she did this i thought it was sweet that she did this yeah Yeah. well and what we do find because she does get to the phone it it does appear that she does get to it after they chase them into the kitchen like the raptors in jurassic park yeah you know another horror film (laughs) (laughs) anyway they, they end up in the kitchen And Marty does get the phone. And now what we see, and I thought this was actually a really interesting kind of cut that they did. We see security, campus security, get a call to an address. And it's the address for the original Black Christmas house. Oh, is it? Uh, I didn't realize that. Okay, cool. All the fun facts are over. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And it's a reference to a couple different movies and stuff at the time. And so so at this point, you think that Marty successfully called 911 and security's on the way. But hold your horses. We cut back to the kitchen and they think they've eluded the hooded guy, but he's just standing on yeah, the... Yeah, he climbed up on top of the island. Yeah. Which I'm like, how did you not see that? 100%. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, regardless, they managed to grab knives, and this is like the f- the second one they kill. They managed to kill this guy. We cut to campus security arriving at the Delta Sigma house instead. And this is actually the girls who boycotted, and they're in the process of killing the hooded guy. So they're the ones that called yes. 911. Yeah. Which I didn't see this coming. I was like, Me either. oh, yeah. We cut back to the kitchen where they've killed that one hoodie guy. And they're like, why isn't it blood? And they take the mask off and reveal that it's the pledge that she sh- she saw early in the movie. Yeah. Which apparently means they don't have blood anymore because of the black mask. I was like, she's like, he's clearly not human anymore. I was like, uh, again, I don't know if we're qualified to make that. Assumption <laughs> yet. I- I'll go over it in fun facts because it serves multiple purposes, but it's none of them are a good reason. Anyway, so she strangles another hoodie guy with the dress. They get Nate's keys uh, because they have to pull them out of that guy's neck. Uh, And they hop in the car. And this is where Riley and Chris manage to get in the car. They're driving away. And Riley kind of tells her about everything that she's seen. The statue, all of it. And Chris doesn't necessarily immediately believe her, even though Riley has Chekhov's snow shovel. Um, right, which I thought was a great weapon that is underutilized in this film. Yeah, they don't really use it, it that much a at all. Flimsy. Yeah, no, it's a little flimsy. I don't know. I saw someone use that type of shovel to great effect in a movie called Home Alone. That old man really destroys <laughs> Joe Pesci's face with it. <laughs> Anyway, they get away and Chris is not believing in the whole ritual black magic element because she, like us, recognizes that it's a bad story element. (laughs) It is. But they disagree. She gets her to stop the car and now Riley is going to go to the DKO house and Chris is going to go to the police. So 
she happens to stop right in front of the Delta Sigma house and the Delta Sigmas climb into the car with her and they're like, we just killed a bunch of people because they went after us and other chapters. We've got to fucking go. And also campus security is dead. dead. Yeah. Meanwhile, Riley encounters Landon, who's on the way to their dinner way too late. uh, And she talks him to him into helping her get into the DKO house. So she grabs the hide key. They go inside. He trashes the house. uh, The implication being because they ruined his equipment and they're all supposed to be gone on their ski trip. But they are clearly not. Right. Yeah. They're all still there. Yeah. Yep. I do love that Landon uses his destroyed mixer as like the impetus for why he is there. Right. As he's like creating this diversion for Riley. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's about to get into the room with the bust when she hears Helena and she goes to try and save her. But Helena doesn't actually need saving because it's a betrayal. Did you see this coming? I did not. I didn't either. Helena did a good job, man. It's a good flip. And then I thought I was like, oh, they mind controlled her too because I'm an idiot. I thought so too. (laughs) And and no, it's internalized misogyny ruins the party again. And so they initiate Landon and Riley wakes up tied to a chair and they have... In in my mind, I thought it was trophies from all the girls, but we find out later that it was like to get like their scent so you could like track who was going to be murdered or whatever. I thought it was like a golem sort of reference yeah, where like if yeah. you have like a totem that represents that person, it will then attack that person. Right. But I mean, that's it could be anything because it's quote unquote black magic or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, whatever. yeah. So this is where the it's the creepy professor, obviously, and they've indoctrinated Landon and they basically he at this point, if a metaphor was subtle before, which it was not, this was not a very subtle movie no. to begin with. But it gets bonkers at this point. Yes. Yeah. The hand gets a lot more heavy as the third act goes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we learned that Hawthorne, who founded the college and was a member of their fraternity, hated women and was a... It was super into the dark arts. Yeah, like an Aleister Crowley type figure. Yeah, yeah, like anybody of the founding fathers. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so he had them name women who had stepped out of line, and then they give them a choice to be obedient or not. And if you're not obedient, you face the consequences. And (laughs) Helena tries to, like, argue for, like, just, you know, it's easier this way. And she's like, how could you do that to your sisters? You're a traitor. Yeah. And... So uh, they give Riley a chance to be obedient and they make her he, he, Brian Huntley's trying to get her to bow and it's real fucked up. It's and gross. I yeah. hate it. Well, and it's, it. it's made even more gross because Helena's like trying to convince her to do it. She's like, it's easier yeah. this way. Like, this is the way it's supposed to be like all of that shit. Well, and he's just he only refers to her as bitch the whole time to Riley as bitch. Yes. Yeah. To, yeah. to Riley as bitch, which here's the thing. Bitch is word. I love it. It's one of my favorite words. I use it way too much. But in this context, the intent is clear and yeah. it's really ugly. Yeah. It's it's gross. gross. Yeah. yeah. And he says, do you need a reminder of our power? fine and so he sends and i think it's supposed to be the embodiment of the founder is that one guy that never gets unmasked yeah i think you're right so he walks past riley towards helena and helena realizes one of her necklaces is on the tray and she's like who put that there and then they that guy just snaps her neck (laughs) yeah brian literally says it's for the greater good which i thought was still really heavy-handed but i like it i did think it was weird that when they snapped helena's neck they were like what's the You support misogyny this way. 
So long, say good night. So long and good night. You support misogyny. <laughs> That's what it should be. I love it. I'm trying to remember why we were singing that the other day. Uh, because Emotep was like an emo. That's yeah. what it was. That was oh, that's what. Yeah, that that's was a mummy episode. Yeah, that, that technically is a callback <laughs> to the emo Emotep in the mummy episode. <laughs> Emotep. You're welcome, uh, people who li- listen chronologically. You know, from definitely not Thursday. Yeah. Oh yeah, that oh we just God. recorded like two days ago. Two days ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Handmaiden's Tale is less heavy-handed than this movie, <laughs> and that's saying something. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she agrees to bow, but it's a trick because she grabs the hair comb and scratches him with it. Yeah, she finds her comb. Yeah, bow to your sensei. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the evil guy tries to strangle her, and it seems like Landon is kind of fighting it, where like you he kind is. of see his yeah, hands like fighting it. I think he is. Uh, but just in time, Chris and the girls are back to kill people. So she shoots, uh, she shoots one of them with an arrow, and then has arrows and proceeds to just hit people with the bow. Yeah, which yeah. is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Have you never seen one of the thousand iterations of Robin Hood? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's not a STEM major. anyway so brian huntley is blocking the bust and she knows she has to get to the bust right so she and huntley end up fighting and he's like choking her and she fights back and then smacks his head on one of the steps which is great yes and knocks him out knocks him out she gets up, she smashes the bust, although she's holding it. I don't know why she didn't just push it over, but she's like holding it up as if it doesn't weigh a million pounds. Yeah, yeah it's so fucking strong. <laughs> well, it strong. is liquidy. It's a liquidy bust. It implies that it's just filled with liquid. It's like a jar of, of jelly. It's like jam. Ma- toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's <yelling>. blackberry <laughs> toxic masculinity jam. <laughs> um, but Carrie Elvis is like, we will never be broken. <laughs> she just immediately breaks it, which yeah. I loved. I did I like loved that it a too. lot. Yeah. Well, it's like oil, though, because when they're leaving, they light it on fire, and that's what they burns up Carriella. So, yeah. Yeah. And and they do it by like, she tosses, uh, Chris tosses one of the oil lamps at his feet, and everything catches yes. on fire. Yeah. Phil tries to hit her, but Landon wipes the mark off, fights Phil. They all get out. And they run, they block the doors with paddles, they make it out onto the lawn as the house seemingly burns to the ground. And, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. But there is a post credit scene there where is. Claudette the cat drinks the black stuff to become the toxic masculine cat. Uh, yes. yes, my favorite superhero. Yeah, which guys, <laughs> we need you to make that cartoon. If you have any cartooning abilities, please make that a uh, thing. Okay, so what'd you guys think about the 2019 Black Christmas? It was okay. Yeah, it's okay. I don't like the supernatural element, which I know we talked about at length. Yeah. And I think it's paced a little strange where it takes a long time. Like we get that first kill and then it takes a long time before the next one. So even from like a slasher perspective, it's kind of takes a little while. And I think you could cut probably 10 minutes out of this movie easily. And I think you're right. Yeah. It's just a tiny bit too long. Yeah. It's... I, it's okay. I love Christmas horror. I love Christmas mm-hmm. movies. You are the Christmas Mikey. Yes. It's a very heavy-handed. They made some interesting choices. But we, like I said, we've exhaustively talked about it, so I have nothing else to add. Where is Santa with his sleigh? Yay! Christmas Mikey wants it today. Deliver gifts all the night. <laughs> God. 
Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I, I think we've said a lot of it already, but like the metaphor, I think broke down in the third act just because of what we've talked about before, but I sort of liked it. I, I didn't mind its heavy handedness. Unlike with assassination nation, which I feel like just didn't do a good job because that writer is not great. This is a much more effective version of that type of movie. And I, I was sort of here for it, although it did sort of fall apart in the third act. But other than that, it was fine. And then, the, and that one scare in the attic with the lights mm. being turned on really, really scared me. But the rest of this movie, I was able to like get through because I think the type of horror it is, is not super scary for me because there's not really jump scares in it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, we live in a terrible society and that is horrible and it definitely is horror, but it's easier for me to watch that type of thing. Yeah, I got you. I agree. Yeah, so Paige, you have any more fun facts for us? I do. I well, hit us with your fun facts. Helena, fun facts. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this movie actually has a surprisingly high body count. Uh, over 25 people are oh, killed in this wow. movie. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah, and that's in part it's because at the very, very end, they kill like 15 people all at once. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, in, yeah. the in the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, now, when the trailer for this movie came out, a bunch of the scenes in the trailer were altered with CGI for advertising purposes. Wait, Putting what? the killer in places where the killer wasn't. So there are scenes of like Helena brushing her teeth with the killer standing behind her. Which is not in the film. In the what? film, she's all alone. Oh. Uh, there are scenes where they unmask the killer, only to find the the statue behind it. Oh, so, like, what? Yeah, <laughs> real oh. fucking weird. Uh, and there's a modified scene where um, Riley closes the door of Helena's room, only to reveal the killer standing behind it. Which, of course, the killer hasn't even been in introduced at that point. Right? Okay. Okay. Whatever. Um, right. The black goo that the fraternity brothers bleed is meant to represent literal toxic masculinity, of which course. again, we, we picked up on that hand, yeah. heavy handed. Uh, but it was also used because they wanted to make this movie PG-13 because the director wanted uh, to appeal to younger, younger female women. horror viewers. Yeah. OK. Um, and so they couldn't show that much blood. They couldn't show red colored blood. In PG-13. So they picked their spots with the blood and instead it became kind of the black goo. Okay. Yeah. This is the first black Christmas film to not include actors from the original and not include a killer named Billy and to have a supernatural element. So to the point where until I got to fun facts, I almost kind of thought that this was um, a different we have. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we haven't talked about late stage Hellraiser all that much because Todd <laughs> oh, can't get boy. past the first one. We have talked um, a lot about the original Hellraiser, though. <laughs> yeah, but much much like late-stage capitalism, late-stage Hellraiser goes downhill pretty quickly. And part of the reason that it did is because they started buying scripts on spec as opposed to actually writing Hellraiser scripts. So oh, they would buy so a horror sense. script from like a first-time screenwriter yeah. trying to get their name out there. They're just making a Hellraiser movie? Yeah, they'd rewrite a couple scenes to put Pinhead in. And then they'd film them like two at a time overseas in Eastern Europe. Yeah, um, that makes so sense. So for a hot second, I thought this movie maybe was a standalone horror movie that they were just like, we'll just put Christmas lights in it <laughs> and make it Black Christmas. <laughs> Here's the thing. I am down for that. Like if you want to make a Christmas, like just buy me horror movies and put Christmas shit in it. That's all I want. Me too, but... Uh, apparently no apparently this was actually written specifically for this 
Now, the director and uh, the screenwriter both specifically have talked about referencing the Brock Turner case, the Brett Kavanaugh case, and Jordan Peterson as influences into how they structured some of this movie. But it doesn't really seem like a Black Christmas movie as much as it just seems like a horror film. Yeah, a horror it, film. It has yeah. nothing related to Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the address of the sorority house is 1974 Elm Road, and it's a reference to both the year the original film came out and a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street because John Saxon was in both films. Also, all of the characters have unisex names on purpose. Okay. Riley, Marty, Chris, and Jesse are intentionally picked for being unisex names. Lindsay was named after feminist critic Lindsay German. Okay. So, yeah, th- I thought that was kind of interesting That's that cool. they did that. That is cool. Specifically. Yeah. So, between production and and post-production, this film only took five months to make. That's pre-production, pre, pre-production principal photography and post-production, which is That's fast. an insane schedule. That's fast. <laughs> Almost all of the scenes in this film were shot in one take. Some were ad-libbed because the script was not complete because they had only started it months before. Wow, I mean, honestly, wow. good for them because I, you couldn't tell, or I couldn't tell at least. You could not tell. This no. movie is acted and scripted pretty well. That's a huge credit to the actors for that, to be able to ad-lib and still be like yeah. on script more or less, or on theme of yeah. script, right? That's really hard to do. Well done. Yeah. Um, and those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those amazing fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the budget for Black Christmas 2019 was? The budget. I they shot this in New Zealand, which means it's a lot cheaper. So I'm gonna put this around six million. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? I'm gonna do twelve. Okay. So the budget for this movie was five million dollars. Okay. Which yeah. I think is really great for what you this see. This looks on screen. great for this five million. Great. Yeah, it looks amazing. Compared to what Black Christmas, the original one was, the original budget was $620,000, but obviously it was shot in the 70s, so if you adjust that for inflation, that's $3.4 million. So still, the original one cost a little bit less, Mm -hmm. but this movie, the one we just did, Black Christmas 2019, came out on December 13th, 2019. It was number five in the theater the weekend it came out. It was beat by other notable movies such as Jumanji The Next Level. That was number one that week. That movie was mm. fucking good. Frozen 2 was number two that week and it was its fourth week out. Mm. Knives Out was number three that week. That's what I saw that week. Yeah. I saw Knives Out. I love Knives <laughs> yeah. Out. Knives Out's good too. <laughs> Knives Out is what Ready or Not tried and failed to be. See, I also like Ready or Not, and Mikey and I agree on it. I like that. Yeah, yeah Ready or so. Not was great until the last five minutes of the movie, and then you're like, oh, this is fucking stupid. I can't rehash this. I can only rehash The Last Jedi. Number <laughs> number four was Richard Jewell, which is great, and you can watch it on HBO right now. Have you seen Richard Jewell? I've not seen it. Is it good? It's about the 1996 uh, bombing at Olympic I lived Park. It. I lived in Atlanta during that bombing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Richard Jewell was the guy they oh. that, that actually the like, reported it. The security guard that they blamed yeah. at first. And yeah. Then, He like called it in and reported it. And then they were like, no, you did it. And he didn't do it. So it was like how the media destroyed his life and stuff. So anyway, check out Richard Jewell. It's great. It's super sad story though. But Black Christmas was obviously number five. What do you think Black Christmas made in its opening weekend? I'm going to say two million. Okay. I'm going to say six because those movies are big. All the movies that were above it were big, big, big. Yeah. No. And it's Christmas. People go see movies around Christmas. Yeah. So it made $4.2 million. 
Okay, so right in between. Yeah, not bad at all. Now, remember, the budget was $5 million, so in its first yeah. weekend, it almost made its budget back. That's great. Not to interrupt, but didn't this movie get got attacked online by like the horror community for a bunch of It got of critically reviled. <laughs> like, Why? Yeah, people hated it. They thought it was too preachy. Oh, get over it. Fuck. Oh, and, and here's Whatever, the thing. It's like, there like, are problems with this movie. I don't think it deserves the ire that it got. Yeah, I mean, we shit on the third act as much as we did, but I think it's still a good movie. Like, it's not bad. It's very like 90% of the horror movies that come out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, like I yeah, I I have way bigger fish to fry and way more stones to throw before I get to this movie. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. okay, whatever. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> Fuck that. Anyway, um so what do you think it made for its total domestic run? Now, it does get some serious backlash which impacts its box office. I I'm going to say it makes 15 over its whole run. Okay, Mike, I'm going to say I'm going to say 13. Okay. It made 10.4 million over its whole run domestically. Ooh. It went on yeah. to make 8 million internationally for a total of 18.5 million. So I mean they still made money on this movie. Like yeah, yeah. it may not have done as well as they wanted it to, but it was a success in the at least that sense, right? Right. I just remember the online thing was like constantly attacking it. Yeah, yeah. that's so crazy cuz it's not really that bad of a movie. Like No. Um, now, if you look at how much the original made, it made $4.1 million in 1974. And if you adjust that for inflation, that's just barely over $23 million. So the original one was a better return on investment, but this one still made money. Anyway, that's your box office. Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale. Yeah, scary scale listeners, a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film today. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hey. This is a solid one for me, dog. Aww. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two because it, that one thing really scared me. But that was like the, really the only time I was super scared. I also give it a one. That's fair. Well, that's our scary scale. Yes, it is. Now, this week, you guys made me watch Black Christmas. What are you making me watch next week? I'm so excited. Yeah. Because next week is Dead Snow. Yeah. See, you see. Dead Snow could run. I mean, no, Blood Diner could crawl. Blood Diner ran. No, Blood Diner walked so... Okay. Blood Diner walked so Dead Snow could run. Yeah, Yeah. I I have been fighting doing Dead Snow because I watched, I think, the trailer for it, and I was like, no, this looks fucking terrible. And then we did Blood (laughs) Diner, and I was like, well, nothing can be worse than this, so let's just do Dead Snow. And then Todd was angry at me for picking Dead Snow, and I I was picking Blood Diner, and I was like, y'all should have picked Dead Snow. <laughs> yeah, you learned your lesson now. Yeah, we did. That's like so, a little inside baseball of like how we fight. It's very petty over here. It's, it's about movies. <laughs> but I'm excited. Dead Snow. And then I think we talked about it on the last episode. But just a we reminder did. again, the last movie of the month is Antlers. Right. So that means Dead Snow, Listener, listener request, request, then Antlers. Antlers. Yeah, absolutely. So Listener Request will start, honestly, probably pretty soon. I am so excited about Antlers. I'm really excited about it. I am. I've heard it looks mixed scary. reviews, but I'm, I am. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's Del Toro, so you know. So your homework for next week is to watch the batshit insane Dead Snow, and you know, listen to next week's episode. Cause it's got zombie Nazis <laughs> with some teens that go skiing. Dead Snow. It's alright. Dead Snow. It's alright. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh yeah. Nice. I'll get one now. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. Now, Mikey, there's one that I would like, again, to petition to have you read, uh, if you would be so kind. It is the one that starts with, 
No ear cancer. Unfortunately, we'll be unable to get to that review today. <laughs> well, once again, Carrie H with a K, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review <laughs> that Mikey will continue to not read. Uh, I'm going to read um, <laughs> Jay sunglasses emoji. It's part of his user their username. Ch- Wait, did you say Jay or Jay? Jay, C-H-E-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y, sunglass emoji. Wait, aren't the number of Ys also synonymous with how likely they are to invite you over to take them to Pound Town? What? Like, I, hey. Oh, oh like, uh-huh. hey. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's four Ys. But then Che has the sunglass smiley emoji after their name in their username. So I didn't even know that was possible, but I love it. <laughs> and they say, I love y'all. Why, thank you. Uh, I'm a huge horror fan, and this podcast is something I look forward to every week. Uh-huh. I think you guys are awesome. Keep being great. Well, I think we'll have to get great in order to keep being great. But we appreciate the kind words. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a very nice, specifically towards me, five-star review, and we will make Mikey read it. I don't know about that. (laughs) So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at MRandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to Patreon.com slash HorrorVirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes, where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. Or his OnlyFans, which really should just be called Only Feet <laughs> because that's what you get. But guys... <laughs> But it's just because I don't know how to work my camera phone. <laughs> he doesn't know how to hit the front-facing camera button, so it's always just a picture of his feet. Anyway, guys, if you can't financially support the show, that's understandable, that's fine, but if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horrorvirgin. We also link it like once a week, so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. We're closing in on 1,600 members. It's amazing. You guys are awesome. And literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah. He's full of goo. I mean, we all are, but he is also. <laughs> well, Nick B., I'm so sorry you're filled with black glue. Hopefully it's not. Not black glue, just goo just in goo, general. Yeah. Oh, you mean just like blood? <laughs>
Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, he's human. That makes sense. That checks out. This episode's also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business. And Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. So if you have any needs for spider scorpions, centipedes, millipedes, or any other peed that may have the need for speed, reach out to Brandon at Bug Cage Company on Facebook and they will ship you some bugs. This episode's also brought to you by the letter Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week, they break down an episode of the Jessica Jones and or Agent Carter Netflix Marvel TV shows. So check them out. Uh, and this week's also brought to you by Jonathan, but Jonathan hasn't sent me any more spider videos. So I will not regale you with scary spider videos. But Jonathan, please send me some more spider videos so I can scare them. I will say Jonathan was in the Facebook group the other day talking about how he was eradicating pests from somebody's home. Yeah, it's and his they job. Were dicks to him. And fuck those people. Yes, I saw that post and I was like, wow, I would just bring all the spiders back to their house. <laughs> just like, like the Ghostbusters congrats, did if you didn't you get pay the extra bill. spiders. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sorry that happened, Jonathan. We love you. This episode also brought to you by Tia and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? Well, she believes in toxic masculinity and excited oh, no, with the guys no. and stole a bunch of objects of her friends and they were murdered by a cult of bus controlled bus boys. But also she keeps stealing people's diva cups and like, don't do that. Those <laughs> are like forty bucks a piece. It's like weird. It's a trophy case. She has a trophy case. <laughs> expensive trophies I, I feel like if any of the things we say about t as teenager were true they would be like early warning signs of a serial killer 100 <laughs> i'd be like she's murdered cats in the backyard <laughs> we sure. now return you to another episode of uh the, the patrionicals we now return you to another well-prepared episode i should say <laughs> of the patrionicals mikey hit us with what you got this week most evil matthew yeah. Broke up with Kaylee and started hooking up with Danielle. I do remember from that. The Mun. Who is not a human. She's a Mun. She's woman. a human from a moon. the Mun. Human. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. You're a moonster. <laughs> Evil Matthew. <laughs> you really are a human. I wouldn't have nibble sex with you with a 39. <laughs> Then we're done. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, so, Most Evil Matthew takes his new moon girlfriend, Danielle, and her bodyguard, Aaron, who I think did not go with them last week, but now I've changed my mind. She is. So, she <laughs> has learned to use two like samurai swords. That's her thing now. For oh, nice. Reason. She's like Michonne? Yes. Yeah, nice. Most yeah, Evil Matthew's like. I want you to be a moon, a moon to my children. So they're going to try to have a mother, a moonder, a moonder to my children. <laughs> oh, I hate and both of in, you so much. And they're down, <laughs> they're down in uh, the, the bunker with Dreskel, who's Chippendale. He is the human Chippendale. And he's like, he has internalized the Illuminati. Yes. I mean, and, every time you say Chippendale, I picture the dancers. exotic I dancers. <laughs> I, I picture Patrick Swayze and Christopher Farley. Yeah. Yeah. But oddly enough, they're still singing Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale when there's danger. In the yeah. bunker, Isaac has completed the Sunny D virus again. <gasps> what? Got... Are we about to do a complete fucking reboot? What <laughs> is love? Virus, don't hurt, hurt me. me. Don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. No, no more. more. And Isaac's like, 
super cool to be here in the place where I can be evil. Great. Thank you. And then they bring out Dave. Was this like an evil bunker acceptance speech? Like, what the hell yeah, was I'd that? like to thank my evil bunker landlord and the homeowners association. And Isaac eats his toes off one by one and lets what? him bleed out of his feet as he screams in such big agony. Wow. This sounds like it should have been on two weeks ago and we could have gone, as we tow on, uh, <laughs> we remember... All um, the feet we ate, ate together. together. Uh, yes, mate. I love that we're on the same one uh-huh. of you. And as uh-huh. our mouths chew. <laughs> Back in the architecturally insignificant city, one of the few cities left in the world, Chicago. <laughs> they write buildings fine, Mikey. <laughs> but not significantly. And so Dumbasaurus <laughs> and Karun, they land and um, Kate and Sasha and Eddie are there, and Eddie has gathered an army of insert noun here. Mun, mun, <laughs> they're mammals. It needs to be a mammal. Who wants to pick one? A mammal, manatees. <sighs> well, okay. you always pick water mammals when they're clearly on the land page. Hey, you know what? If somebody prepared better, this wouldn't Our be an fish. issue. <laughs> the rivers of Chicago are filled with manatees that Eddie has gathered to. Fight oh, wow. for us, and they look it's a, like people. it's amazing that he picked the slowest sea creature <laughs> to fight for us. It was either that or raccoons, and raccoons can't be trusted. <laughs> That's why well, they the manage jobs for Chicago are to gather fresh seafood because they've been <laughs> unable to get it. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love this so much. It's just a slow manatee train <laughs> carrying like a box of seafood yeah. on their back as they float across the top of the water. I love yes. it. Yeah. Amy has built a spaceport in Chicago because they didn't have any architecturally significant areas <laughs> to be a spaceport before. And so uh, Karun and uh, Domasaurus, they stop fucking for a minute to land and they come out of the, they <laughs> come out of there. I forgot Kate they were having and, sex. Yeah. Kate, Kate meets them out there. Uh, with Sasha and um, and uh, Scott and Wes on Scott's shoulder. And Wes was like, Wes just narrates things now. So Wes was like, hey, Domasaurus and everybody, what's up? This is what's happening. And um, <laughs> and then Scott feeds his shoulder stuff because it eats. Yeah, man, I go to the gym and feed my shoulders too. Do some bench yeah, presses. Bro. I'm just feeding mm-hmm. them creatine. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, he free he feeds his shoulder the fresh seafood gathered by the manatees. That checks out. My shoulder does yeah. love lobster <laughs> and <laughs> antioxidants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and Domosaurus and Karun are like, "Hey, I think we know what they're up to. The Illuminati's up to. I think they're trying to make the Sunny D virus come back. Uh, even though the world is pretty devastated already from the moon exploding, and I have a way to stop it. And you'll find out about it next week. Mm. Oh my God." Is our ragtag group of heroes going to be able to stop the Sunny D virus from coming back? What are they going to use to save us? Is it the purple stuff? Find <laughs> out next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it oogie spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Turkey Day nerds. I guess that was last week. Whatever. No one listens this far anyway. (laughs) Bye.